I'm not sure you even like my song. I like that song. <laughs> Do you? That's cool. I don't think I put it in the trivia, but you know they they actually were going to have Michael Jackson record a copy of it, but he wanted to have the original guy who sang it. They they ended up using that version. So, cat. <laughs> it's a box. Sometimes we keep boxes. Bunch of stuff everywhere. Mm. Hello, welcome back to the Yes Year podcast. My name is James. I'm joined by my co-host and lifelong friend Beth. Your entire life. So then it wouldn't be your lifelong? No. Your lifelong. Beth, how are we today? I'm good. <laughs> I, love, I love when you're good. Yeah. Cool. I got a lot done today. Did you? I'm feeling accomplished. Really? It's my one day off this week. I got my room semi-cleaned. Yeah? I did. Shopping? Some other stuff. Yeah, I got some. Got some stuff? God, oh my gosh. That is so all loud. the way upstairs. <laughs> really? He found that toy. That's what it is. Oh, he my. finds that toy and then he starts doing that number. What's up with that? He's lonely. So he finds a toy and he meows at it? You know the, the mouse one or the, any of the blue ones? Yeah. Yeah, he finds it. Yeah. Because we hide them so that he doesn't find them. <laughs> but he manages to find them every time. Yeah. And when he finds them, he brings them out into the hallway and sits right in front of the hallway like right in front of the kitchen yeah and does that number and then we open the door and he's just sitting there you know shut up <laughs> so loud he is it's so he's loud getting, like, is he dying first time i heard that i called and i was like what the hell <laughs> i mean what's up with that i don't know i don't know maybe he just wants to announce to everybody he found the toy hide it again but why does he sound like he's going through labor yeah <laughs> That's my problem with it. Nice. So as always, we want to say thank you for these uh, for those who come back every week and listen, and to those who may just be tuning in, welcome. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, Miss Bethlehem, we are reviewing a fantastic coming of age movie this week that you picked for the most part. Uh, we're going to be talking about Stand by Me. So Beth, this movie really makes you look back and reflect on your childhood, perhaps fond memories. You may or may not have. I don't know. I, I know when you think about your childhood, sometimes you, you're sad. Um, wonder why that is. I don't know. I know anyway. that I, I know that I had a gang of kids that I ran with, getting into all kinds of mischief and stuff. Um, but times are different now with how childhood is that it does not seem to be the same. I know that in the past you've talked about your bros in middle school and kind of had a crew that you hung with in, in high school as well. But do you feel that you had a camaraderie uh, that is portrayed in this movie? So, 12-year-olds, you're in the seventh grade. Yes. I yeah. had this. I didn't have where we were going. I mean, growing up, I, we lived in a neighborhood where literally every house next to us had kids, you know? So, we would go out and we'd do stuff with those kids. But when we moved here, we weren't, we're not like that now. I mean, we, not really, you know? Um, so my, my kid friends, my bros, there were, I mean, there was a solid three of us, you know, the main three characters, as I'm saying, and you had to do like a couple side characters, and then we got a fourth later on, but he wasn't really ever, 
there with the rest of us. We just picked on him. He like if he was a fat kid, he'd be the fat kid, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had a couple of kids who sat with us that we didn't really like until later on, or I didn't really vibe with until later on. Um, some of them we just didn't like in general. They just wanted to be around us. But I think that if we all lived next to each other, we would have this. I mean, all we called every day after school. Yeah. I mean, we we went through the entirety of middle school together. Um, and then high school hit, and it kind of was like how this explains at the end. I mean, you just go your separate ways. You develop into other people. Yeah. You don't have friends like you do when you're 12. Seventh grade for me was fantastic. I mean, that is where I met all of those guys. Yeah. Seventh grade is, I mean, we all became friends that year. And then we had eighth grade. And then, like, the summer going into freshman year. And then, like, freshman year, we all fell apart. So. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I, I, I was always, I'm, you know, curious about that kind of stuff. And then your your high school friends are, like, completely different than the people that you hung with. Some of them you didn't know at that point in time, right? You Some know, of them did not yeah. go to that school. And then now I only talk to one person still. From high school? From high school, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's kind of sad. I mean, it is what it is. You know, you find out a lot of, I mean, think about it this way. High school, and I'll say this, I'll admit to it, you use people. You're using people. Connections, you're forming contacts for later in life. So you want to end things on good notes. I have a lot of friends. Yeah. I just don't have friends. Yeah. I have one really solid friend. Love her to death. Because she forces me to do things with her. But, I, I mean, if I reached out and I was like, let's plan something, then something would be planned. Yeah. But I'm a, I mean, I, I like to think of people as plants. You know, water them, water you. So if you water somebody else and they don't ever water you, you're going to feel ill. Yeah. Like, you know, roots, how like trees will suck the water from the ground and the grass around it's dead. Yeah. You know, so take care of yourself first. And I've had to learn about that. And learning about that meant I noticed, I started noticing things and I realized that I didn't want certain people around me. So mm. you just wane off. I mean, people want you around, they'll ask you to be around. I think it's weird. Yeah, that's true. And that's I mean, true. and you can, I mean, in the same sense, I'm one of those people who need someone to be there to be like, let's do something. Because I won't do things with you. I have mm. my own stuff planned. Yeah. But if you sit there and you're like, let's do things based around what you're interested in that I know you're interested in because I know you because we're friends. Cool. Absolutely. That's and cool. sometimes I'll reach out and be like, yeah, let's go do this. Like, I don't want to do this right now. Like if I want to go to Walmart, like I need somebody to go to Walmart with, I can't yeah. go by myself. Um, but some people, you know, aren't or have friends that are both the same way. Like if I had me as another friend and we're both the kind of people that don't want to be reached out to. Yeah. It's like what happens there. But then again, you're just not, the matter at a point in life where you feel comfortable enough around that person, you know, friendships are difficult, but you learn more about it as you go on. I mean, in seventh grade, it was easy because all of all only the only thing we're allowed to do after like after seeing each other at school is play games. You know, I can't drive to your house. Right. You know, I'd be like, Mom, can you take me to the movie theaters to hang out with all these guys? Like, I don't want to hear it. You know, it's like, oh, really, guys? Or same thing with the, like when I went over to. The one's house, we were on a call, like, the night before, and he was like, I'm getting really sick of my parents being like, oh, is this your girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, Loki, I just want to say that you are, because it's so obnoxious. Yeah. And it is. I mean, it's like, I, and you still face that now in society with, like, like, especially at work. If I show any interest, like, with friendships around any of the, like, any guy my age that works with me, it's like, 
oh, well, you're not dating? You're not into him? Yeah. You guys, you connect so well. And it's like, no, I, I just, we're just friends. Yeah. Like, I don't know. May, like, being older now and being an adult, it makes it weird. And I don't, it's not fair to the people you're doing it to. Makes it weird. So, hmm. I don't know. I don't think we ever really razzed you about guys. That you, I mean, you, you always I had was very to do... blatant about how I felt about everyone. Yeah. I mean, but, but we never were like, <laughs> I mean, we never did that to you. We were always just like, are they, are, like, I don't think that it was wrong if oh, I asked man. you. Like, I know that I asked you, are you, like, is this a thing? And then you were just like, no. And then I was like, okay. But, like, we didn't pursue it to, like, harass you about it. Mm. Well, I had the boyfriend you did. I don't even remember in that. In sixth, sixth grade, early seventh grade, I had a boyfriend, and you guys were all like, let me see what he looks like. If he looks like this, you can't date him. If you do this, blah, blah, blah. If you can't come over to the house, you can do your grades drop. And it's like... I don't remember any of that. Why does any of that matter? No, absolutely. I did that? Both of you did. Damn it. I was excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to tell... Because it was like, uh... It was excited that someone was finally interested in me. Yeah. And I came down, and I was like, this is what's going on. Because... The older one had, like, girlfriends and whatever. And so I was like, okay, I'll say something. I mean, obviously, I'm in sixth grade. What does it matter? It's middle school. Yeah. But... I don't know. I don't remember Fans are weird. Because you want to know, but you also, like, don't want to overstep. True. But that was overstepping that one sense. Well, sorry like, for being a jerk. That's what it looks like. Because then, then you're like, whoa, what does he look like? I don't want to, you know, judgmental. I like him. That's what matters. True. You know? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, we're just interested. Interested is interesting. Yeah. But if I show you something, like, I mean, with art, take it this way. If I if I paint something. Yeah. And to me, I think I really like it. But to you, it's your kid, five-year-old, drawing you a finger painting thing. You're like... It's not Picasso. Who the hell is Picasso? That's what I'm saying. Picasso, <laughs> whatever his name is. Tesco. Picasso. All I'm saying. I mean, in that same sense, you sit there and you look at it. I mean, kids read up on stuff like that. So if, yeah. you, if, you, if I show you a picture of some guy who I think is interesting, but you're obviously over here like, that's not my type. Um, and, you, and you sit there and you're like, oh, why does he look like this? Why does he got this kind of hair? Okay. Kids, kids feed off of that. Your that's parents fair. Are no girls, I, you know? I just want to know. I'm just interested. I want to know about you. Hmm. You know without judging. Hmm. See that face you made? That's yeah. exactly what I mean. Well, I mean, I can't thing. help. I'm not I'm judgy. Yeah. I don't want to be. But that means I don't. I mean, in the same sense, that means I don't want to show you certain things. That's fair. Okay. If I know you don't like something, and I go and do it anyways, because I like it. Like if I paint my nails bright pink. And you're like, hmm, that seems a little excessive. I don't think that I ever see stuff like, like that. Like um, acrylics. Long acrylics. Do you want to get them? No. I don't want that. Personally, I don't want it. But no. I don't find them ugly. You know, I just have problems thinking about people wiping their butts. <laughs> yeah. And like, but I mean, if like, I, if I went out and I got acrylics and I like acrylics, some girls, they leave for certain fingers off. There's ways, there, I've seen where people talk about it. There, there's ways that they do, they explain it. But again, how is that your business? It's not. It's, it's just I think about like if I go to food and I go and I get food and I see people with long nails like that, I think mm. judgmental. Well, but it's for my health, right? But also judgmental. Mm. Think about what about people with no arms. How do they do things with their feet and a pole? Okay, cool. What if it's the exact same way for people with acrylics? Well, I mean, good job. I don't I know. I don't know. Look, 
I'm just trying to live my life. I mean, that was just an example. You asked for an example. No, I like it. I like that you tell me and you're honest. And I mean, that that's fair. Like your stance. I mean, we were talking about this the other day. I talked to mom. I was actually having a really interesting conversation with mom because I wanted to know her stance on facial piercings. Mm-hmm. And because she had a belly ring. Yes. So I wondered. I was like, um, because, again, an older generation thing that was just curious. And then I don't want a belly ring. Right. So I don't, I mean, put that out there right now. I don't like that. Understood. Um, But further down the line, I was like, I want some kind of something because I'm young. Can. I really wouldn't. Like something that I couldn't like earrings I could take in and out, you know. I want to be a, a teacher? I can't wear right like an eyebrow piercing or something. Not that I'd want that at all. Um, certain place. I mean, I don't. You know, whatever. Um, but I know that you don't like certain piercings. You know. And if I wore, I mean, same thing. If I if I went and I got one that I knew you didn't like, every time I saw you with it, and I would I would be thinking about how you think it's gross or ugly. Gross was about a bad choice. So here's the thing about me. It's not about gross or ugly. It's about well, whatever. It's about potential limitations that you're putting on yourself when you get that kind of stuff. How about that? That's that's my fear for you. I'd hate for you to my my thoughts are are this. I want the best for you because you're my child. That's fair. So say that you're going to go in and say you're going to go in for an interview as a teacher Mm -hmm. and you've got a nose piercing. Is that the first thing that the person that's interviewing you is going to see? And all of a sudden, even if it's, um, what do they call that? Um, Unconsciously judgmental. Like if they first see that and first impression yeah. and if that in that so that's yeah. my fear for you is that you put that stuff on your face and you know and then people automatically assume something about you like having a whole bunch of tattoos on your arms mm-hmm. and stuff like that. People see and they're like, ah, oh. you know, that's yeah. my fear and I don't want that for you. So I guess by proxy, but two things I'm right. doing that to you. But at the same time, I'm not. I don't have any judgment. Three things at then. you for having that. One. Yeah. You can always take them out. Some piercings you can take out. Two, I'm the kind of person that would get any of that kind of stuff on my face like that. Like, yeah. stuff that you can't take out. Like, my friend Katie, she got a, a stud um, sophomore year. Yeah. She can take that out now. You know, mm-hmm. Donovan has lots of piercings he can take out. Yeah. I do not want anything like that where it's like, I can take it out, like bridge ones or the ones in the eyebrow or whatever. Yeah. Um, because, again, want to be a teacher. I know myself. I know what's up. Right. Three... You've expressed your opinions on different things like that. Like, people with septum rings. You think they look like bulls. Septum rings. The ones that go through. Yeah. They look like bulls. Yeah. Well, that's if what I, I got one of those, I wouldn't want to think about that every time you like I saw you. But, I mean, have you ever seen a bull with it? With the ring in their nose? Yeah. So, that's what I think of. That's but not my not... fault. I think of the Bugs Bunny bull. Right, but it feels like an insult. Well, I can't help what I think of. I mean, that's just what I think of. But do you mean it as an insult? No. That didn't sound sure. And you didn't look me in the eye when you said it. You looked no. off and said, no, kind of. Well, I don't mean it as an insult per se. I just per mean it that that's, I think that's what you look like. Mm. If you want to look like a bull, then get a nose piercing. See? And that's my, I mean, that's my deal. So if I went and I got something, I got that done. Yeah. And every time I had it around you, that's all I'm going to be thinking about with you. Dad thinks I look like a bull. And that doesn't feel fair. Yeah. God, you guys take so much, so much to heart. Is that wrong? If you got something done, like if you went and you got a, a tattoo, and every time I saw it, I was like, "That's ugly." Yeah. 
When you're around me, are you not going to think that's ugly? Say that again, I'll leave. What? Mouth that again, and I will leave. No, you made me think of... Not, yeah. you're, not you're acting like you made me think Okay. Because I will, I will leave. I will leave. No, no, I'm not. But I mean, that's, I mean, that's a reasonable psychological thing. If I looked at you, and I said, I think that this freckle on your hand is ugly. Yeah. Subconsciously, or randomly... I mean, this could just be me. I don't know. I think it's just... But you're going to think... I mean, I would think... Every time I'm around this person, they... Oh, you don't like this freckle. Yeah. I don't take things that... That to heart. That's me. And I'm very shallow. Yeah, that's true. In that way. Just in general. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm trying to be a good... I'm a good person. And I accept everybody, and I just want people to have good lives and vibe. Yeah, I do. Not with that face. I just want the best for everybody. Yeah. Hmm. 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 I just want the best for everybody. That's so funny. It's true. Mm -hmm. I can't control other people. Yeah, but you can't control what you say to other people. I try. I've really tried. I've really, really tried. Really. You've helped me with that. Well, there are some people who appreciate certain things and think about certain things a lot more than you think they do. And then when you go through and you do certain things that go against that, yeah, it's kind of like, well, what was the point of this? I'm trying not to. You can only do your best. I can only do my best. I'm just a person. I'm human. Yeah, it's just important to remember, rem- I mean, especially on this topic specific- specifically, not to invalidate how other people feel, one. Yeah. Because everyone is their own person. Everyone experiences things differently. True. Clearly. And two, to try and see it from someone's other point of view. I mean, when they teach you at a very young age, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Thing- I mean, life is hard enough, you know, as it is. To have where you can't turn to anybody, or the people that you thought you could turn to, don't, can't, you know? Yeah. It's rough. It is. So if, I mean, I was talking to the, about, um, I was talking about this the other day to someone. If, if I say, I mean, I mean, there's a line between, I think, stubbornness, and then just how someone feels. Um, because we can be... We can talk, and I can be like, well, I think that the color blue is better than the color red. That's an opinion. I can be like, this, I mean, I mean, earlier with my shirt, I thought that was purple. Yeah. You thought that was blue. Navy blue. To me, that was 100% purple. Yeah. I will stand my ground. I will die on that hill, you know? <laughs> that is, it is what it is. Yeah. Because that's, in my eyes, how I feel, how I see it, that's purple. My experience. You can have your own experiences. Yeah. But if I go and I talk to you and I say, yeah, to me this is purple. It's not fair to be like, you're wrong. You know? Or to sit there and be like, I'm trying to think of a better example because shades of no, colors is pretty hard. Good. To sit there and just be like, invalidating how someone feels and how they experience. Instead, I would go about it being like, that's cool. This is how I see it. Middle ground. I'm trying. Trying. Hmm. 
So. Society. Society. You know what you don't have to worry about when you're 12? <laughs> Society. Complex feelings. No, everything is not really complex at that point in time. But it's fun to talk about. I like being able to, because that was something I struggled with a lot in middle school, and especially being a girl in a group of all guys, being so emotional and not really having words for those emotions. Yeah. And now I do. Now I can sit and tell you pretty much exactly how I feel for the and most you part. Do. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's not fair to you. I mean, because you, I mean, think it's the same way of being like how teachers will tell you to like ask questions because there's more than likely somebody else who feels the exact same way or True. has the same question. So I like to be evident about how I feel. And I've gotten a lot of compliments on it because people take it and it's like, wow, cool. This hurts a little bit, but I'm glad you told me. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way with friendship. I mean, the same thing to circle back around. If I decide I don't want to be around someone because I feel a certain way, it would not be fair of me to sit there and not tell them that. Or to at least express to somebody else first to see how they feel. And if they feel the same way about that person, then to come to an agreement of like, yeah, okay, let's not involve this person so much anymore. Yeah. Because, I mean, if someone makes you feel bad, why be around them? That's true. That's very true. I mean, I I had a conversation with my boss at work yesterday, actually, where I said I've come to the realization recently, because it was within the last couple of months, where I've decided... That why go to work knowing that I don't like some of the people there and feel miserable because I don't like them instead of going and trying to just tolerate them or be around them and just talk to them, you know, and it changed everything. It's a complete mindset where you go in and instead of being just rude and blatantly disrespectful, you just try to have a civil conversation. Yeah. Get to know somebody. I don't like certain people and that will not change. So I just do not like people. I learn based on personalities. Yeah. People can change in an instant based on how I feel about them. That's why, like, when it's a funny um, a metaphor is, like, when a group of people are showing, like, like a girl is trying to show everyone their crush and all the other girls are like, he's ugly. Yeah. But to her, she's gotten to know him. Yeah. She's gotten to like, like, she understand him, him. She sees him differently. It's the same way with me. So, in that sense, like, certain people that I liked for a long time... And decided and got to know them better over the, like a couple reasons. I do not. I can't stand them anymore. Wow. So, it's a mindset thing. So, like at work now, instead of going and making myself miserable and being upset because I can't control other people's actions and can't do anything about the situation, I now go and try to just take care of myself, focus on myself. Yeah. Do the job. Go home. And nights go by a lot faster that way. That's cool. You know, it's really funny to, to kind of coattail on that is having switched from what I was doing into the position to where I am now mm-hmm. with what I'm doing is night and day. I'm like, there's, I, I'm happier mm-hmm. and I'm like the happy person at work. It's really funny. And like, like people are like, man, you're always such a good man. I am. Yeah. Because I'm because there's just I just have a different mindset of it, it's and I've really changed. taking out of situation. I mean, where I work, where you used to work, where we work, you know, work. the head person in charge will say that we're not like a family at certain times, and other times say we are a family. Yeah, and it is we are like a family there because not everyone gets along, but you have to kind of it's a default. We're all friends. Yeah, You know, so if somebody doesn't do something, you can't be that mad, you know, and 
I mean, that's a problem within itself because jobs shouldn't be like that. And it sucks being where I am because that's my only job, my only experience with that. So it'd be, it's scary to go somewhere else and it not be the same. Yeah. You know, um, because there I can mess up and it's fine. I can mess up severely. It's fine. Yeah. Get away with a lot there. True. Um, but I am now trying to be more serious. I'm going into management. I'm trying to be more serious about myself. I'm trying to ask more questions and learn more about everything and try to be, again, more open about how I feel with certain things and have genuine conversations with people. Yeah. So they know I'm serious. That's good, though. And, I, I mean, you just learn and adapt. But with, I mean, where I am now with thinking the way I do, I am a lot happier going That's to good. work. I mean, and again, things do go by faster, and it sucks this week that I have to work so much, but I get to work more because he trusts me to work more. Right. I mean, another coworker was like, why can't I work and have more hours? And he was he was talking to him and was like, bro, she's working this week the same amount of hours that you work typically. Yeah. It's just she's working towards something. I'm working towards a privilege that I get to do based on having the money to be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, and even in that self, it's a choice that I'm making that I could, I could either take this money and go on this trip that I want to, or I could take this money and get a laptop, you know? Uh, and that's, I mean, that's what it is, but I really want this trip. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's a mentality thing over anything else. Now, if I don't take this trip, I will not have the chance for a year, another year. Forced so, winter. I'm, but I wanted to go visit your parents in the winter. Like oh, I did, did last you? Year. That's nice. Yeah, we were gonna do. It. We talked about it last time when I was there that we were gonna do it flipped. That I was gonna stay with your sisters, and <laughs> do it the other way so it was easier on everybody because they have that extra room. Yeah, the Jody room. The Jody room. Yeah. So they call it Jody's bedroom. I'm still waiting for my key. They told me I would get a get a key to the house. Hasn't come in the mail yet. Still upset. Hold your breath. Hold. I'm holding. <laughs> we are on a line, but. I don't know. Well, that's very cool, man. I l I've been trying to do... We're do I, my friend and I were working on puzzles. Yeah. I'm trying to learn to be more patient through puzzles. But it's really fun to complete a puzzle. Um, this is the first... And the next one... This was a 200-piece. Uh, the next one we're doing is a 500-piece. And we're just going to work up, I think. Um, but I picked this one out, so I think that maybe I'll get to keep it. But the we my friend and I we like to joke and we like to say that um, hypothetically we have an apartment together, so we like to plan out rooms. Yeah. But the thing with the apartments is you only get like three rooms. Our apartment has like seven, <laughs> so we have rooms dedicated to certain things. Yeah. But our in our hypothetical apartment, um, we have puzzle pieces or like puzzles that we've done together, hung all over the place. Really. So, in this hypothetical world, we will be doing we'll do them together. And yeah. then whoever picked it out will take it home, have it for the time. And then when we have our department together, we'll just merge them. Cool. So this one was one that we, there was two of them, but in different colors. Yeah. Same puzzle, different colors. So this one is just one we could have, but we need to fr frame it still. It's <laughs> now it's up right now with tape. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it looks good. But it was nice. It was fun to do. And I mean, that was my, that's my first puzzle I've ever done by myself or at all. Because puzzles are hard to me. Because I can't, you know what I mean? This is a really easy one because all the puzzle pieces are the exact same piece. Um, if you look at it, except for the corners. But some pieces you have to look at and you're like, mm, this looks like it goes here, but it really doesn't. Just jam it in. So just... <laughs> but that's a good metaphor for people as well, if you think about it. 
I mean, if you are your own centric puzzle piece, you have the pieces around you that yeah. fit you and that fit them and everything, right? So you can have certain people who come in your life and feel like they're good, jam it in. But yeah. they're, if they're not really perfect, then they can't be It'll there. always be. Cycle through them. So Ooh. I have a good amount of people, I think, around me right now that I pretty much like. That's good. Um, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because, you know, in high school, especially when you're in high school, you're like, oh, you know, we're all going to stay in contact. What happens to everyone's not going to happen to us. But it does. Yep. I mean, I literally bled through friends. <laughs> I mean, I have people, again, that I have contact to that if yeah. I wanted to do things with them, we would. But that's kind of a funny thing about Facebook. I know that's an old people thing. I like to think our our generation's Facebook is Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, but like ninety percent of the people on my Facebook, if I didn't have Facebook, I right wouldn't be in touch and in contact with them and stuff like that. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, and it's not because I don't like them, and it's not because I'm not interested. It's just that's how I am. Puzzle pieces. Yeah. I mean, think of, like, looking at this one here. Okay. I have a small if, puzzle. <laughs> if, I mean, hey, it works. Two hundred pieces. If you're the puzzle piece in the middle, okay, you have, mm. it's like a three by three on each side of you, right? Yeah. You have, but you have only four puzzle pieces touching you, really. Four set people. I mean, you have four people in your life that you can be like, those are the people that I'm having around me, you know? Yeah. Right. So then you have the people that are like in the dial, like sideways to them, where you're like, yeah, I would consider you a good friend, but you're not my best friend. You know, same idea. Then you have people who are far away from you where you're like, I like this person, but I don't know them well enough or I don't really care enough to be like, I want to get to know you more yeah. or let's hang out more. Life is literally a puzzle. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've had... I can look at this and I can think of, a, like, my one friend, the one who I did this with, she's one of my pieces. That girl loves me. Yeah. You know, she understands me. I mean, I've, we've, I've been friends with her since middle school. She's one of my puzzle pieces. Even if I wanted to distance myself from her, she literally does not let me. <laughs> so she's one of them for sure. But I've had where I've been like, yeah, you're one of them. And then that person leaves. Yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, out of that group of boys from middle school, I mean, one of them graduated early who we didn't even talk to after like freshman year. Because he was horrible. And then another one completely changed once high school started. Because he met his own group of friends who he was more himself around. Right. And then the other one was just... Oh, he's a loner. He doesn't like to be around people. Feels. He's the, he's the same... I mean, that's the exact same situation where if I'm like, I don't want to... If I need someone to hang, contact me, he's the same way. I mean, at graduation, he literally was like, we all need to hang out soon. And we haven't. Right. It's a timing thing. I mean, you also have where people don't don't need jobs because their parents do things for them. But, I mean, he, he was a really big part of my middle school life. And now we don't talk. It's weird, huh? But he's someone that I know that if I went and needed to talk to someone, he's there. Right. He's one of, I mean, he's one of the ones that would stay on the board, but he'd be a further out piece. Hmm. Deep. Layers. I love people. I think the like I think to love like loving being like I love you is such a bad. I hate saying stuff like that, just genuinely 
I mean, just generically, I mean, because it takes from the meaning. Like, I love that kid. Yeah. He is someone who affected my life deeply for a long period of time. It's not romantic love, right. but it's love. He's someone who matters a lot to me. I understand. I love my my friend who she takes care of me. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, like, with family, you're, like, you're forced into a household. You know, like, say you're the youngest. You're forced into a household that you didn't choose, that you, I mean, whatever, to, <laughs> with a bunch of people that you've never met before and that you grew up with. And, yeah, I have I have memories with these people, but I have to love this person, you know? Because some people hate their siblings or hate their parents. Yeah. I mean, and so you sit there and you're like, this this terminology of I love you, like, have a good day, love you. Okay. I do. You know? I'm not saying that you don't. I'm not saying I don't. Yeah. I'm just saying in a general spins. Like, I, I hate that that's a, it's turned into a thing where it has to be used like that. I got like, We you. don't have better words to, like, ex- explain things like that. Yeah. Or something else. I mean, it just feels, it's, it's hardest. I mean, I hate when you go to see family members, family members come to see you. And they do like like the French do, but like, like everyone kisses each other. Mm. I hate that. It's a validation of my private like private space. You're just inviting yourself over. I I hate that. It it makes me feel uncomfortable. Hmm. Some, but some people like that. Yeah, it's a comfortable thing for them. They like it to show to show their affection. Yeah, it's not the way I show my affection. Love language, you know, it's very like yeah, what it is. My love language is treating everyone like garbage. <laughs> um. <laughs> The worse they treat you, the more I love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do not like... I'm not a big physical touch person. I don't like it. Um, but some people do. I like giving gifts. Um, but I'm not a big receiver. I don't like receiving gifts. Because I'm a people pleaser. Um, I like making everyone else feel good. But I hate surprises. If you know me, I hate surprises. I hate when people tell me things that they're getting for somebody else and then I can't tell that person. Because I hate surprises. <laughs> Um, like when I, cause like, I don't believe in like getting like somebody something outrightly, you know, like if it's your birthday, I like to look in stores and see things and be like, I have to give this to you immediately because you're going to like it so much. And I can't wait to see that. Yeah. That's who I am. Um, I mean, even now, if you think about it, like if I, if I'm asking for something like for my birthday or for Christmas, I wanted a car radio cause my car radio was garbage. Right. That is something I wanted that I can use and benefits me now. It's not like I looked at you and was like, I really want a pony, please. Peeties. It's, it's like, you know, like superficial things. Or I really want this new game. Yeah. I really wanted something that I could use like that. I mean. I get it. Um, so this ain't like. Uh, I'm trying to think of like another example because that still feels kind of like that for me but I like gifts for like personally I like gifts that I can use I don't like things that just sit unless it's what my friend made me for my birthday where it was a bunch of inside jokes on the frog that's awesome I love it because it was so it's so great because nobody else is going to understand it the way I do it's fantastic it's, it's awesome she really I, and it sucks because I'm not that kind of person who can craft like that yeah Um. so but for her birthday I have a great idea. So we're doing these puzzles. She has a dog. I hate dogs. But she loves this dog. 
So I tricked her into sending me pictures of this dog and her, and I'm making it into a puzzle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to send it off, and then get it sent to me, and then we're going to do it together, and it's a surprise. That's fun. She's going to love it. But cool. that is something that I think is a deeper meaning thing that we can do together, something we can do together, something she loves, and so that way it's a something, I mean, just, it means more. Getting you something, and it's like... I know that you are interested in Star Wars. Yeah. If I go and I buy you BB-8, I know that you like BB-8, but that's just going to sit. Yeah. Unless you got me that little remote. Yeah, you're not going to use it. <laughs> Same thing with that damn droid thing that your parents got you. The droid? I have uh, that. that the, yeah, you literally you never used it. I did use it, but I don't want to have that torn up. I want to keep it. <laughs> Same point. It's on display. It's on display. In a box somewhere. Where is it? No, I have it. And I, these are the facts, okay? Don't silence the facts. This is truth. You know what's a good example of that? The Switch they got you. You guys that use it That we use the hell out of. Right, because right. I let you guys right. use it but more, but I, got, a, I use it for what thing. I want. That's what I'm saying. That's a positive thing. Yeah, but yeah. I got it for what I wanted to use it yes. for. You're thinking of, okay, the dro- droid thing sits. The Switch, great, we use the hell out of that. Yeah. That's what I mean. She, they got you something that you can use and right. that you can, I mean, that we use, stuff like, like that. That, I mean, what are you going to do with that? The, the big the thing. Millennium and Falcon. it's cool to look at and it's cool to have. It's cool to have. The cool table thing. That's my talk about, save but thing. But it's not practical. Like, it's I not get pra- what you're saying, yeah. but it's, I mean, it's like having my Star Wars guys up there. They're up there. I have them Hidden in, in the boxes. A bunch of things in a box. Yeah. But, that's why but I, don't I like have them. I have them. They're mine. Yeah, I don't know. Same what to thing tell you. with like pop, like Funko Pops. You know, yeah. it's cool to think, yeah, I can get all these things, you know, like a collection of things, and like all the characters I really like. But it's like so much money on what things that sit. Exact same point. Yeah, I mean, I I have a little like I mean, my ceramic things are things that are on display yeah. that I get you because I know you like them. Yes, absolutely. But they are. I mean, that is something that you put out. And they're all, I mean, they are decorated. They are front and center. Your boxes, your Star Wars figure things, they're up there and hidden. You have other stuff that I have given you and made for you in the front. Because, because it's more, more important to me. Right. So, but that's my case, case in point. Okay. You know? I mean, you have these two little side things on your desk over here that are window-based. So you have nothing in them that you could put stuff like that in I'm there. I'm going to put human heads in there. That's cool. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer style? Yes. He was not a good person. He, well, I mean, he was a good person. No. He just had a bad habit. No, he was not a good person. No, he wasn't. Oh, did you oh. not listen to that podcast that they did on him? Yeah, I did. He yeah. did a lot of sneak up guy. things. <laughs> that was a good like laugh, like a thing laugh. That was almost like like a show like soundboard laugh. Oh yeah, that was like perfect. Mm. You know, when people do like the fart sounds, like generic fart sounds on like yeah. YouTube or something. I'm not doing that. Or, like the bruh sound. Yeah. No. I know. But. All right. That was a tangent. I apologize. No, man. I Look. Thoughts. If people ain't tuning in to hear what you've got to say, they don't need to listen. That's the bottom line. I, we're a movie podcast and we do reviews, but we have been doing I mean, over this, a year. I mean, yeah. And over a year, we have been talking about things like this. And that is the entertainment. And that is the value. I mean, it also relates to the movie. Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. Full circle, layers, yeah. onions. Onions, man. How my knee really hurts. I'm sorry. I had it sitting the way I did, and then I put it down, and now my bones are shifting. Oh, it hurts. oh my god, your bones are shifting? My bones do that. That's weird. 
Your bones don't shift. No, they're stiff Your bones now. itch. I'm old. To the itch. You ever think about taking your spine out and giving it a bath? No. Like, if you had... Okay, one, you are a liar, because that thing upstairs that we have with the soap, I press down on that thing, and none of the soap comes out from inside of it. It is broken. You cannot convince me that <laughs> thing is not broken, because it does not work. Okay. I literally janked it in all angles. Doesn't work. Okay. Okay. So, one. Yeah. But two. Yeah. Taking that, like, brush, the yeah. bristles and everything, and, like, and washing your stuff behind. Like, I bet that feels amazing. I bet it probably would. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was getting a spinal tap? And they yeah, keep you and they awake. And, and they hit my <laughs> dang power. And it makes my legs really go hard. like a frog. You said you were in a lot of pain. I was in horrible pain. Yeah. They, they jammed me with a whole bunch of drugs Should to knock assumed. me out. Could have sued. Probably. I don't know why they had. I think they just wanted me to wait just to torture me. Two things, because mm. now they're on my mind. If I don't tell you now, I will forget. Okay. How did I get the scratch on my car, on like the really big one on the side, like the big gash? You're looking at me like it was my fault, but I was. Oh, there. on the passenger yeah. side, we when we bought it, it was there. Oh. That where the doors jammed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was purchased. Yeah. Like I always that. you get a good discount for that. We did. Mm. Yeah, I always tell everyone that's because of the bus. <laughs> So, because I never know what to say, but it feels reasonable now. That's fair. Buzz. Um, two. Two. That frog that we have upstairs that we keep the sponges in. Yeah. Donovan had a sa- the same one, but in white. Really? His grandparents had given You should have stole it. I literally was like, I want to take this from you. We have two of them at the house. That would have been fair. Yeah. So. I love those little frog things. <laughs> cool. Cool. I love That's frogs. awesome. I know. They're great. I know. But see, on that same token, I try not to overdo it with them because I don't want you to be like, oh, here, you like frogs? Here's everything it is, frog. It is a... How do I put it like this? Okay. A good example. Mm. For her birthday, I couldn't give her anything now. The puzzle thing will be a future thing because I don't have the money to spend on it. Right. But I had these little um, like party favor frogs that I got in like elementary school. I had yeah. two of them, a yellow one and a purple one. Yeah. And I thought this would be great because there's something that I've had for a really long time. They mean a lot to me. And I showed up at her house and I said, I do not have anything to offer you because she, she already knew that I wasn't spending any money because I didn't have it, which was what it is. I and mean, we had a good day regardless. Um, and I did end up spending a lot of money because um, we went to five below. But um, I, I presented the frogs and I said, I will let you choose which one you want, but here's a story behind them. This is why they matter too much. And she loved it. It's Fascinated great, by it. She, I mean, I have one in my car and she keeps one in her car. That's a great story. Yeah. Driving your car, by the way, <laughs> I feel like a Fruit Loop. <laughs> I feel like a freak. <laughs> They're, it's so decorated. It makes me nervous. Some people, I, I saw a video where somebody was making, a, like, talking about their car. Because. Because if it looks like a girl drives a it. A girl drives it. I thought the and same thing. It makes thing. me nervous, but it's my car, and I like to decorate it like that, yep. you know? It was my, that was my exact thought when I saw it. It was like, you know what? If somebody was targeting somebody, they would know that a girl drives this car. Yeah. But it's pretty. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, but in the same sense, Sam has yeah, long true. hair, and he has those, um, the scrunchies, or this, whatever they're called, on his Wheel thing. Yeah. And I first thought they were for his, his ex-girlfriend when they were together. But they're for him. He wears those. Because they're better than, like, hair ties. Because <laughs> they're looser. And they do the same thing. There you go. But, I mean... And he has decorative stuff And he stuff has decorative stuff yeah, on his dashboard. Yeah, matching frogs. That's right. Because he was like, oh my gosh, I have this exact same frog. Yep. So... Well, there you go. 
I think you'd put up more of a fight. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I always have like the same thought process where if someone's trying to take something from you so bad, take it. Take it. I feel like I have a good amount of people in my life that if I ended up in a situation where someone robbed me or was like, I'm going to take all the money from your wallet, we'd ha- we know how to handle that. You know? I mean, it would suck, but I feel like I have where I could call a number of people to help me out in any given situation. You know what sucks is that you're right on that, by the way, is that somebody stole my wallet out of my car one time mm-hmm. and it wasn't the money. It was the pain in the butt with all the stuff of replacing all the cards, the ID, and all that jazz. But I had things that, like, Poppy had given me yeah, in my that wallet. Would and I too. lost it. And I was so mad because I'm like, you don't know what you took. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're not going to... There's, there's uh, It was a little SpongeBob that was uh, off of a cardboard thing that he had peeled out and, and, gave, and I put it in my wallet and I had it in there. And... You know, I kept that because that means something to me, and I cannot replace that. It's irreplaceable. I have movie tickets from when we went to yeah. see Star Wars. I have pictures of I have a picture of my friend. I think I have a picture of mom in my wallet as well. Yeah. I have fortune cookie-like cards, things in there. Nope. The little, like, yeah. Yeah, the, the Komodo tracking I also have the, you know, I was talking about the root wallet. wallet. Mm-hmm. I would be, we were talking about that the other day at work, um, and I said a boy gave this to me and at the time it didn't mean anything to me but it must have been a lot to him yeah and about how funny you found it that he gave me that card and how funny you think the card is, it is. i love that card it's funny i love that card love it to death Play that. <laughs> and i would be so sad right if i lost that yeah i have a pokemon card in that in there too i think like one of my favorite pokemons some of them one of them yeah and i have i mean just that i mean that is one of my favorite wallets it's a wallet i got from mom it's got a lot of pockets. I don't have a lot of cards that would need replacing. No. But it is not the point. The sentimental value. It's the fact is that I've had that wallet for so long. Yeah. Hmm. I would be devastated. Yeah. And it is falling apart. I do need to get a new wallet. It makes me really sad. But. Put that in your, your hope But chest. I would put it in my, my memory box. box. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should I love it. that root wallet. I mean, but like in the same sense, like now I keep things in my phone case. Yeah. Because I have a see through phone case. <laughs> But I have, did I tell you we have a new machine? Did I show you this? We have a new machine that prints the labels for us, uh-huh. like the dates and everything, but you can set your name. You said to Andrew. <laughs> no. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which apparently they can see, so I had to change it, but Oops. no problem. But I have, you know, the sticker that my friend made me. I have this little green thing that I, like, you tie the vegetable bags with. Yeah. But at, we went to Kroger at, like, to, at, like, 10 o'clock, 10.30. Yeah, those people. Yeah, but then I mean, it was at 11, typically her brother, her brother works there. Yeah. And we saw him, and she said, all right, let me see your hand. And she tied one around mine, and I tied one around her finger, and then we were married. Oh. And so I undid it and put it in my phone case. That's nice. I have the last, <laughs> the Star Wars movies that we left, the last one we went to go see, the last one I ever want to see in here as well. Um, I have that, po- the picture of the band director who I never had. In here as well, his little school photo that I found on a desk. And then I have a Polaroid. I mean, it's just like little collages that mean thing mean things to people. You yeah. know, it's not I'd be sad if I lost my phone, you know? <sighs> For multiple reasons. But so. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Stand By Me. Yeah, oh my gosh, we haven't even started. Was released August 22nd, 1986, and is based off of a Stephen King story called The Body. And you know what's funny is I didn't know that until the end. Um, but it made give me really big, like, it vibes with how the kids are developing and going on an adventure and, yeah. going through, like, and getting dirty by rivers and stuff. That's cool. So, um, it's an adventure drama that follows the story of four 12 year old boys in the summer of 1959 who get to, um, who go to look for a dead body. Obviously the body is crazy. Could you imagine that happened? I mean, like if I was on that trip, I don't think I would expect there to actually be anything to be fined, but also you're going that far away. I want to find something. Yeah. You know, but that bond that you like have going through that, especially everything they go through. And I think, so I'm glad we had a really long intro because I feel like this is one of the movies that you're not going to have a lot to say on. You're going to tell it, and there's like a little piece that you can pick out. But the main thing to take away from this movie is the experience. Yeah. I mean, because if you look at this movie from a very bland point of view, you are given an objective. It's pretty much a quest that these boys go on. Objective, despite it, you have where they're going to find something, you know? And th- then you have their enemies, the older boys. Yeah. We're also trying to find the same thing, but not until, like, halfway through the movie. Right. So it doesn't even matter. So you're focusing on this entire time as the viewer, these boys' relationships. I could not tell you their names. Okay. I just wasn't paying attention to that. And they say everything so fast, and it wasn't to a point where it's like, this is who you are. This is who you are. Yeah. If you showed me names, I could probably... I mean, I know some of them because of what happened at the end. It was sad. Yeah. Um, but throughout, until that point, whatever, but it is not the point. Their names don't matter. It's their relationships, how they respond to each other, what they experience that matters because that is like prime 12 year old boys. Yeah. It is literally sitting there and watching like things develop. I mean, the way, I mean, having your friend. I mean, especially with boys. Having your friends sit down and break down next to you or having everyone else be asleep and this kid wakes up from a nightmare and he's clearly distressed and you're able to sit there and respond well to it, good for you. Yeah. Good on you. That is great. Yeah. Had it not been him, but the like the other one, yeah, man, yeah, I, of course he would have been made fun of, you know? Yep. It is so cool to be able to like sit there and relive that kind of thing because like... it's it's the whole life thing when you grow up you learn more you know and i mean it's easier to sit there and i mean not for everyone because at i mean some kids had to like grow up really young um but to be able to sit there and experience things with just no full like cognitive idea of what's really happening is crazy I don't know if I say it in here. I know that I was thinking when I was writing. It's amazing to me, and you forget, these are kids mm-hmm. that are doing this acting. They're just kids, man. I think some were 11 when they were doing I think Jerry O'Connell was 11 and stuff like that. They were able to convey character and emotion at that age. I mean... There's people that are in older that are in movies and you watching dramas and they're trying to act and stuff like that and you're like ugh they're not even convincing these are kids and they're doing this well thinking about it like this you think of the good son a little bit kids are really complex yeah and while they don't understand the bigger picture 
they do understand things. Yeah. Like, I am really good at explaining things thoroughly and with detail. Always have been. If I wanted to major in English, I could. I could become an author if I wanted to. I had that option. I had teachers tell me that was an option. Yeah. Multiple times. I can do that some. And most kids, if they have where their teachers develop that for them, can do it. A lot of kids don't want to read. A lot of kids don't want to write, you know? But kids, I mean, can express things. When you get older, you forget things. You forget how some things feel. I mean, time heals. Time just makes it so you don't, you forget how it felt in that moment. Mm. You know? So, it is, it's same way when people die in the moment versus really feeling things over a period of time and then you forget. People don't show up so often in your mind. Mm. You know? And it is that same way. I mean, like, where you are now, like, I can remember a big thing for me growing up for a while, like, especially because it feels like there was an expectation because you told me stories of when you were growing up and your friends in school. Because I would come to you and I would tell you about things happening with my guy friends and, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, well, you know, this and this and this. That stuck with me. You might not think about that, but I think about that a lot. Think about, I can literally picture how that went down. Hmm. But sitting here now, you might just now be remembering that or just now be thinking about that again. And you can't even remember what you told me. I remember that. I'm still at the point where I'm young enough to remember that, you know? And it's not really like an age forgets thing, but I mean, it's not caring so much when you get older. And so with acting, especially, you forget how to feel things. You forget how to stop and smell the roses, per se, you know? Yeah. To really experience and convey something. I could, yeah, I could act, I think, if I wanted to. I'm good at making things feel or be a certain way, but I don't have the facial expressions for that, I think. I could, if I was, I had the words for it. I could script. Yeah. I don't want a script. Yeah. It's boring. Um, and I think it's hard. I mean, because imagine my thing with that, if I were to be a, somebody who script, uh, screenplays, writes, and you have actors who do improv, yeah, feels like an insult. Just type it. I understand being able to improv. Ah, and that's cool. That. And some people appreciate it. But if I write things a certain way, and then you take it and you do your own thing with it, you're, you're kind of going, I mean, it's like... Kind of saying... Yeah. You're not good enough. I got gotcha. like So I can do it better. Um, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I mean, improv to me Never thought only feels way. right in, like, certain situations where, like, the one time in France with Chandler, he said his line wrong, and everyone went with it. Like, he says, um, once your blue blazer black, and he sits there, and he goes, yeah, I meant to say this, and then, um, oh, God, not Monica, but, um, not Phoebe, what's her name? Rachel. Rachel says, mm, I think you said blues baby blap, you know, making fun of him. And then everyone goes along with it. And then he goes, he sighs. He goes, so what you do today, Joe? <laughs> it's really funny. And no one would look at that thinking, oh, that was a mis- mistake. Yeah. But everyone knew each other well enough. Everyone was friends. You know, everything 
that they could just go off with that. That was not scripted. Gotcha. That's fine. You're not going, you're not changing anything really. But you're saying actually change. To sit there and time. actually change lines or do your own thing your own way feels like an issue to me. That's fair. You know, That's fair. and watching, um, that actually happened in, uh, there's a show, um, that I cannot watch again because for the life of me, it would hurt so bad to watch again. I think at an older age to understand more. Um, but Bojack Horse- Horseman, <laughs> I cried the first time watching it. And that was, I mean, that was like early middle high school for, too. But like knowing what I know now, if I went back and watched it, I think it would hurt again really bad. Oh, Jack um, it's a fantastic show. I know so show. good about underlying metaphors and like deep tie because he's not. I mean, it's God that show's fantastic. But in that, he actually on the last season, I I related a lot with what they were, what was going on in the first two seasons, and then the third the third season focused mainly on him and like just being a terrible person and why that is. Um, so right now in my point of life, I do not have the ability to see that, you know, I can tell, like, I can, I have things I don't like about myself from when I was younger, but I don't have where I am now an adult and can see that I hurt people based on what happened here. And that, I mean, that's a good thing for some people. That's why I don't want to rewatch it yet. When I'm older, I will, I want to, I will sit down and rewatch things and hopefully learn something from it again for right now, whatever. But he wasn't, he's an actor in that show. And he got on this new movie. It was a big thing for him because he hadn't had anything for a while. And he, or it was, it was something, a TV show or something. He was on something and he completely rewrote something. Oh, wow. And the screenwriters were pissed. Yeah. Completely pissed off. He got fired from it. Oh, wow. It was either them or him. Wow. Yeah. So it could be an extreme thing. I mean respect i think is what a lot of it comes down to hmm. respect what, the process fair. trust the process hmm. so stand by me Sorry. no you're good received an r rating but that didn't stop it from killing at the box office yeah i feel like the r rating was mainly because of all the slurs that happen in this movie yeah. that are kind of whatever but it is the the time. 1950s yeah so 19, it is you know. what you can get yeah um, it had an eight million dollar budget, but ended up grossing over fifty two million, which is huge. A huge success. <clears throat> yeah, the cast has a lineup that was uh, was and still is an all star lineup. Stars such as Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, Kiefer Sutherland, Jerry O'Connell, and the late River Phoenix, to name a few. Um, oh, and of course, don't forget the flashback scenes with John Cusack. Yeah, I, I saw him, and I was like, oh wow, yeah, you'll like this. Yep. So. Um, when you watch the movie, you see a lot of familiar faces pop up, which I think adds to the nostalgia factor. Uh, probably one of the best adaptations of a Stephen King book. This movie uh, really seems to have it all. Um, Not to be that person, because I know probably answers no, but did you read or see something along the lines of scan, skim this as a book? No, I'm sorry. And I, you know, and I, I, I almost want to be like, yeah, I want to read this. The body? But it's not... I mean, again, it is not a, it's like surface value, I guess. You know, it's it's about kids having experience. Yeah. You know, and to read that, I mean, the movie portrays it really well. It's something you see, you know. I yeah. mean, this was, I can go and I can read it, but it's not going to be anything new, I think. You know, if anything, I'll just, there'll be more detail. Yeah, I got but you. But it's one of those kinds of stories where it's like, yeah, this is what it is. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, the story really develops the characters 
And with flashbacks and dialogue help to add layers and depth to even the so-called bad guys of the story. I feel like everybody has in the small amount of time that the movie is, I feel like you, you, you know who these people are and you, you kind of get like, you feel a backstory on them. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just, Oh, I'm Jimmy no shoes, you know, and stuff like that. Jimmy no shoes. So, <laughs> um, overall, very enjoyable, enjoyable in my opinion. So we can jump into it if you'd like. Yeah. Should the viewers <laughs> like that? <laughs> like, wait, you guys are reviewing a movie? Yeah. An hour later. Sorry. Oh, gosh. What are you going to do? Sorry. No, man. It's, again, a year and some change we've been doing this show. Yeah. We have gone off on tangents and explained things. It gives you a view into us. If all I wanted to do was just read what the story is about, that's, I can do that. I think it also, I mean, it depends a lot on the movie, I think, as well. I mean, we have some bad episodes. I mean, not everything's perfect, you know? No. But some movies are just not interesting. You can't right. really go off anything on certain movies. I mean, like, last week's ep I mean, la last week's movie, I would watch that movie again, but not for a while. I mean, I, I thought I liked watching that movie, but it was not anything, I, I mean, em like, enjoyable enough where it's like, I could really talk to you about this movie. Mm. You know, I mean, some of our first episodes, I mean, obviously there's, I mean, you, I mean, if you literally look at the trouble and whatever China, trouble in little China, you look at that movie and I'm just angry. Yeah. There's no interest there. People only <laughs> like that because I was angry <laughs> and funny <laughs> instead of disinterested and funny. Yeah. I mean, the one robot one that we, the short circuit, short circuit. that movie was awful. Yeah. Could not pay me to watch that again. I won't. But I did not have a good time with that one. You know, and that's evident. Um, and this time, I did not drink anything before coming downstairs. So, my um, acid, acid reflux. reflux won't be an issue. But, I mean, that's a real thing, you know. I, can, yeah. I can't control that. Yeah, that's um, fair. But, I, you know, I, I try. I mean, again, I mean, th think about this like this. This is my one day off this week. Mm. This is how I decided to spend it. And I appreciate it. You know, and I got a lot done today. But in the end, it's my choice, you know. And I, I choose whatever. I wanted to watch this movie. I was excited to see this movie. I like this movie. Yeah. You know, it's got a lot of good details to it. It's got a lot of uh, layers. You can talk about that. Mm. Some movies just don't have that. Don't have the essence. You can't. I mean, you can't talk about anything like that. I mean, you want to see where we have generational differences yeah here it is yeah this is what it is this is a movie that shows that you have 12 year old boys i'm 18 yeah recently turned 18 you know it's not like it's been a couple of years and i'm 18 you know um you're 40 something i was once a 12 year old boy yeah <laughs> a long time ago, a long time Things, ago. i mean times change but this doesn't yeah coming of age stays the same and i think about it a lot with you know, the idea of having kids and wondering, like, I want my kids to be funny kids, you know? I want good kids. Some kids suck, you know? But how do you get that without, you know, whatever? And it's by letting them experience things like this. Yeah. In a, in a healthy way that's not going to make them closed off or not being overbearing so they don't want to talk to you anymore. But having that sense of, I'm here if you need me. That's all that matters. 
Yeah. You know, if you take away that level of trust, that's it. It's hard with some people to be like, whatever. Oh, God, there's somebody in my throat. Hold on. <coughs> it's like, um, part of the, the, the kidney stone or the tonsil stones. The kidney stones. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? God, please don't have kidney stones God, in your throat. no, I don't want that. Um, be horrible. But it's, I mean, but you need to be able to t- treat kids as people. People think that t- treating your kid with, like, discipline, rules, is the way to go with that. I mean, again, times change. I mean, if you grew up that way, you think that's right, that's fine, I understand. But there's a difference between growing up and having what you think versus you're not your own person. If you grew up and you thought your childhood was hell because your parents did certain things to you and you decide that that's the way that you want to treat your kids because that's what happened to you, that's not right. That's true. I mean, what what's the lesson there? If I'm able to sit there and think, this is not correct, I don't want to act this way towards my kids, why cannot? Why can't you as a parent, you know? Yeah. So, um, if you are unable to think, like, I mean, that's why I want to be, like, being a teacher is so cool to me, is because if you talk, like, talking to kids is so awesome. Kids are so cool. Like, that, I like, ta- like hearing, um, when Donnie the cousin, Donnie, talks about his kids. Yeah. Because he feels his kids. Yeah. He relates to his kids. He, I mean, it's such, I mean, that is the way that you should do it. You talk, I mean, like, his kids are so cool. Um, and they're going to be great people. Yeah. But, I mean, being able to talk things out with kids and being like, just tell, because I think it's the same way. They don't have the words to tell you how they're feeling yet. They haven't learned them. You have those words. You can be like, I'm frustrated because I'm hungry. Kids are just crying. And you're like, that's cool. Just let me know when you're ready. You let, just let them cry. You know, kids are punished for stuff like that. And it's like, what? you're going to teach them to be afraid of expressing themselves. You're going to have closed off kids. That's how you do it. Hmm. You, I mean, it's just like, I don't understand how some people can't relate to I, other people. You know what I mean? I do. I don't think it's always intentional. I think some of it is just, I, I don't think it's intentional. I think sometimes things just happen and then you react. I I don't know that it's But I think a lot of that's patience. Yeah. To be fair. A lot of it is being able to sit down and think, okay, let's deal with this slowly. And you need that with kids. You need to be slower with kids because kids don't understand, you know, and a lot of that, I mean, I could, I took the class, the early childhood class, and a lot of what we focused on was how offhanded things can affect a kid. And memories are like that. When you start to think about things for longer periods of time, you can remember deeper. And to sit there and, like, I can recall things like that. I've told you about that stuff. I'm sure that if you really wanted to, you could sit down and recall your own things. And it's hard to talk to, like, your parent and be like, remember when you did this? You know? Because it's not something you want to hear. If if that kid from my class, who I hurt really badly in math that one time, came up to me and was like, do you remember how this? You remember how much that hurt me? 
because I, I mean that was something that I didn't mean to do, yeah. but I did. It would make me feel bad, <laughs> and I don't want to hear it. But I'm glad that he sat there. I'm I'm glad that it. I mean, it would be something that I needed to be able to sit there and think about and be like, okay, it is time for me to change. It is time for me because I'm not the same kid I was in middle, middle school. I took things harshly, and I responded harshly yeah. to everyone at school because I thought that was the way to do it because I was with a bunch of boys and that's how they did it most of them anyways but then they were like you're taking things too far <laughs> that's not cool so I adapted and I changed I was able to do that because I understood to do that some kids don't you know they I mean they literally teach you that bullies re like are bullies because of certain things like that yes it is because of certain things that happened when you're growing up, the things you are taught by your parents, by people around you, other adults around you, teachers. I had crap teachers for a little while growing up. And there were only like four or five that I really ever liked. You know, not enough good patient teachers. You have to be patient with kids. Yeah. It is, I mean, especially then as a teacher, if you develop that moment of being like, I understand you, I hear you. Boom. That kid will trust you. You now have where if someone is really like, they was like, oh, talk to your teachers. You're being bullied. No. You know, right. I don't trust this person. This is an adult. What if they literally come at me and they're like, suck it up. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I had my Latin teacher. I will rave about that man forever. Such a good person. He has horrible. His kids are literally demons. And he talks about them all the time, about being literal demons. But he loves his kids. All right. Those are his kids. He talks about his wife like he doesn't deserve her. And it's amazing. He's always like, my wife's too good for me. She's so smart. She's Because like, she's a lawyer. Yeah. Um, But he's, he talks to you like a person. Not like you're a 15, 16-year-old kid. Mm, didn't you know? talk at you. He talks he to you. Yeah. He understands you and if you when you tell like when i was because i was in when i first had him was my sophomore year and i was in a culinary school the second year i would bring him things from the class yeah. and he'd be like hell yeah it's time to eat you know what'd you bring me today what you do today and i looked forward to that this is someone who remembered things or like because i i literally only took latin again for him um but i took it again the next year and that same that next year my junior year he talked to me about things that we had talked about sophomore year that's cool I can't, I, instead of going to lunch with everybody else, a, a couple of us would stay and talk to him. And then she'd be like, yeah, this is what it is. That man changed grades for me. <laughs> nice. He was one of those teachers. He was great. He, I mean, he worked with you. He All he asked for was the ability to want to learn. That's cool. So I think that's, I mean, I mean, with this, if you think about his dad, ignores him because he's not good enough. Ignore them because he's nothing compared to his older brother. Yep. In the same regards, your kids are not duplicates of each other. This, I mean, you have where this kid is interested in writing, clearly, and another kid who's interested in sports, who literally is trying to tell you, hey, dad, this is not me. This is not younger me. Right. Look what he did today. Look what he wrote. It was so good. Yep. <laughs> and instead, the dad. Reflexion's all like, literally, who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's horrible. Yeah. And that poor kid, as you can see, took it to face value. 
It upset him. He was having nightmares about it. Yeah. And that's a real thing. Yep. I mean, yep, yep, yep. it's crazy. Kids are super complex, but you're making people. You are literally a butterfly affecting these people. Every interaction you have with other people could be a core moment in their lives. It's very true. It's very true. And you don't know. You don't know. I wish I had grown up in a time period where instead of having video games and stuff after school, I could go ride a bike with somebody. I did have that growing up for a little while, but not in the same sense. I mean, I remember literally, I think about this all the time, that one night where we took our bites because you, you told us you guys, you and mom were going somewhere and you said that we need to be inside the house before the streetlights came on street lamps. And we were out several minutes after like a little, like two or so hours. We were out for a while riding around and we, for some reason we were like, let's meet them at the end of the street. Cause we lived at the cul-de-sac. So we were like, let's meet them at the bus stop where that was at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were like, they're going to love this. Oh God, you guys were pissed. You were like, what are you doing out here? We don't, and we got grounded. And we were just, we like literally, and like, obviously, one. <sighs> Stranger danger. I mean, yeah. literally, I under, like, yes. But at the same time, the thoughts behind, like, I, I think we were literally inside, and then we were like, oh, it's getting time to where they would be go- coming home. Let's go greet them. As a way, and I think, like, I th- literally, I think it was my idea, too, where I was like, yeah, let's go to the end of the street, and let's just wave at them, because we were so happy, like, I can, I can literally feel how I felt in that moment, being like, hey, welcome home, oh, god, you guys were pissed, you were so mad, and we were so sad that you were angry with us, because we thought it was such a cute little idea, but as parents, being concerned is completely fine. In that sense, I maybe wouldn't have been, like, into the world feeling on us. Yeah. Because now, A, you're kind of making it feel like being outside at night is dangerous all around. Yeah. You know, and that could have problems future down the line where it's like, I don't want to go outside at night ever. Okay. You know, obviously, as you grow up, I mean, I was, I feel like we were reasonable ages at that point, but I mean, as you grow up. Not not to be out late like that, but to understand that being outside at night is not, like, horrible. Yeah. But, and two, I mean, also, you're making it so, I mean, this is, and this is not things that you think about offhandedly, but implementing the fact that everyone who comes at you is a predator. You know, you can't, don't trust anybody, kind of. I'm going to tell you, from a parent's point of view. Mm-hmm. I trust nobody with my kids. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I That's and I have daughters, and I am terrified for you guys all the time, all the time. Which is why I say, and why we say, I love you when you leave, because it wants to be the last thing that you heard from us before you live. So if something happened, you have that. That is that is the reason why. Okay. Because that, it's kids. And you'll fine. understand one day if you have kids and you have this little person and that person then is going to go do things and you can't control anything. Yeah. I can't control anything when you're not here and it terrifies me. What I mean, though, 
and then that is fine to feel that way. That is completely valid. Mm. My point in that is then taking it and making it feel like into the world situation. Like you're li- like like to implement your own that is your own fears. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own fears. It is scary to drive. if I think about things too much, I get I get anxious. Yeah. I do not like to think about that as I'm getting into a car to drive to work. Yeah. If I think about crashing my car before I'm about to drive, I have that whole drive where I'm thinking about that. Mm. How is that fair to me? You know? Yeah. So in the same sense, if I come like in that, in that you take me home and instead of making it feel like into the world on us, yelling at us, screaming at us, you know, you sit there and you'd be like, here is what's wrong with this. We are just worried. This is not okay. You've lost your privileges. Let's go outside for a week, Mm. two weeks, whatever, how long you want to do it because you've lost that trust, you know, earn trust back Two, please like here's how i can somehow convey to this little person all of my fears into a small condensed bubble so that they understand hey maybe it's not safe for me to be outside by my own like i'm not old enough you know yeah you are not old enough to be out by yourself especially as a female yeah that feels like the more proper way to do that because instead you're screaming okay you're screaming at someone who is like five or six, seven or eight, nine or ten, yeah, whatever. They're not gonna hear any of that. All I'm hearing right now is crying. Yeah, how I'm crying, how I am upset, how my my siblings are upset, how we're all upset about how we're not gonna be able to play outside anymore because we did something wrong when we were trying to do something nice. Yeah, and that is all that I'm trying to convey here. It is completely fine to feel that way. That is apparent. Well, it's really easy to sit back in the situation and, and say how you can do and put little things in little bubbles. And you made me think of uh, Ponyo when you did that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I know in it, the moment, it's, it's, it's terrifying, thing. it's scary, and you are you just want to convey to that kid, you this is terrifying. She screamed at us. And it's not just this one situation. Uh, not you. Okay, sorry. Mom. I mean, you really want me to do stuff like that. Mom's form of yelling is screaming. <laughs> you're, I'm not hearing any of this. Yeah. You know? you're, And it takes practice, but you're supposed to learn with your babies, you know? If you scream at a baby, how do you think the baby reacts? It cries. Yeah. Your baby's gonna start crying. You think as your mm-hmm. kid gets older? I still cry. You know, I don't like talking about certain subjects because it makes me feel choked up, and then I start to cry, even though I'm not sad. You know, it's just hard to talk about certain things. Yeah. And it's completely fine to sit there and be like, yes, in this moment I was scared. Why would you make us feel more like like that? Look, man, all I can say is. You're not teaching me anything. And you're my kid and whatever, but parenting doesn't come with a a book. Yeah. And so you do the best you can for the situation. And you do what you think is right. And, And that it comes back full circle. How did your parents handle things? When you did things wrong. Man, they were slack on me, man. Did they talk things through with you? Or or did they scream at you, yell at you? They didn't do any of that. They just let you be? Yeah. I was really Okay, but in that same sense, now you don't have any kind of mental thing And I think stuff like that scares me. Yeah. But now, the way that I was treated as a kid, if I go and I have kids, I now have the mental notice of being able to be like... I need to handle the situation like this yeah. instead of like this. Well, fantastic. So we taught you something. 
Oh. <laughs> God, that's horrible. Th- Why would you think about it like that? I don't know. You didn't I'm trying teach to put a positive spin on it. That's not positive. No. You're basically saying that it's okay that you traumatized me. I didn't traumatize you. You're a happy that's kid. That's trauma. We're all trauma. We're happy kids. No. I'm happy right now, to a degree. Happiness is subjective. Hmm. Tomorrow, I mean, yesterday I had a horrible day. Yeah. Sunday I had a horrible day. Hmm. That's horrible. Why would you? Oh, we taught you something. No. No, but you're you learning from a situation. Not to act like you. You're learning from a situation from what you do or do not want. I thought about. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Oh gosh. About how how I view you now instead of how I viewed you as a kid. You're not the same person. Post cancer, dad is my dad. Very true. You as a kid to me was a monster. Is huh. a monster. Jeez. I mean, that's, I mean, because I'm in that same sense of how that was handled, punishments, like that being yelled at, yeah, not hearing anything, but just feeling, like now, like, I have a problem with authority. Mm. Like, now, like, talking, like, I want to start crying, you know? Who? Because it's hard to talk about. And it's it's scary because I'm God, sorry. Man. <laughs> this is why when I talked to like my boss about management, it was hard because I was like, don't cry. Because like, there's no reason to cry. I'm not sad. Yeah. It is just the um that same sense of being like facing the boogeyman, you know? Yeah. Cause you are not that person to me anymore. You know? Like like again, you're a different person. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not. No, it's um, not. <laughs> but now I have that level of like authority that I can't like talk to people about me like that because it scares me. Because my initial thought is to cry because I can't. Because it's like that feeling of danger. Weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> you are a freak. Sorry. <laughs> But that is what I mean when I'm like childhood trauma. Gotcha. Affecting me later on in life. But if you this know, if you know that that's there, how do you not overcome that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm 18. What the hell am I supposed to know, you know? <laughs> I just know that when certain things, like certain topics that, asso- that I can associate with certain things from my childhood, i.e., talking about talking about in general it makes me it puts me back in that sense of i have done something wrong i am in trouble and all that i can think about in this moment is crying Hmm. and so my initial reaction like especially when i get upset because i know i can't like especially when i get upset in situations where i am in like an argument with someone and i'm fighting for what i think is correct my initial thought is same you can literally pull the same thing with mom because you take about when she talks about her childhood in the same sense of not being able to talk back how when she gets frustrated she cries it is not a genetic thing it is a childhood trauma thing oh man and so when people say like trauma you always want to think extreme but it's little things too like this is a literally what happens when i like talk to anyone about it because it puts me back in that same sense of 
when you yell at us, then you're not thinking, you're not really, like, because now you're thinking, I'm conveying a message to my kid. Mm. Here's what, why you are in the wrong. I'm thinking, I'm about to get my ass beat, (laughs) you know? I'm about to get in trouble. I'm going to be grounded for weeks. I'm crying. And so now, whenever I want to talk to someone seriously about a serious problem, or some of, of authority, someone that I think of higher than me and respect, I cry. Weird, man. Oh god, like, like um, the when things go camouflage, like it's just like nature. God, I'm so sorry about that. I'm really didn't mean to do that. It just happens sometimes. But that really sucks when I'm talking to teachers because <laughs> I've done that a few times with teachers. <laughs> and they're all, especially when you go into a deeper thought with teachers, and then you start crying, and they're like, "Oh my god, why?" I'm sure that if I went to some kind of therapist, they could tell me why and how to overcome it. And probably it's probably just talking about it more. But it's hard. Because it's the same thing with like a memory pool. I mean, you think about memories more, more things come up. You, I mean, people don't want to remember certain things for certain reasons. And in the same sense of, think about it like that. Always think about it like that. How you think in that moment with the bikes... How you're trying to portray to your kids, I'm scared for you. And then how in that moment, all I'm thinking of is how scared I am of you. That's crazy, man. You know? So when you, in, in every situation from now on, when I am just talking to you about, oh yeah, I remember when this happened in childhood and how it sucked. And you're like, that's not what happened. That never happened. Hmm. It did. Just not from the same eyes. It's all point of view. You think it's just because I'm big and loud? I think it's because you guys hit us. <laughs> you didn't get hit like that. You didn't get hit like that. You, maybe not by you. Got you got spanked. But you were but little. But it's violent. Uh. And, and after a while, yeah, we got older and it stopped. Because yeah, we, because we know more older. because we didn't do things the same way. But you can't remember that. That is like, like I, don't I don't, I mean, life or death situations. Why? There are other ways to do things. Like, Small things happen, and it's like, boom, boom. We used to go out, like, well, I can remember going out to, like, Kroger, and then, like, wanting, like, candy. Being like, oh, please, can we get this? Like, so cool. And mom being like, yeah, if you behave. And then us being kids, we didn't behave. No. Um. No, you drink stuff and- off the shelves. I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> but then we'd get in the car, we'd do something that really pissed mom off, and she'd be like... When we get home, go get the belt. Mm. And yeah, okay. Think about like with dogs. Fear tactics. You hear, if you play a noise with dogs and you associate it with something, dogs will stop doing what they're doing. Or you're like, lay down, dogs lay down. So if you say, go, well, get the belt, it puts fear in your kids. They're not going to, they're going to stop what they're doing. That put real fear into us. We spent that whole car ride thinking we we're going home and die kind of thing, you know? We go home and then sometimes it didn't happen. No, we didn't. And we're like, tank. fine, cool. Sometimes it did happen. You were so young. I don't know. I'm just saying. It was just like we didn't spank you past a certain age. You were young. And it wasn't right, even but that. Think, okay, think about it like this. I, you, you guys know? really Especially are. with having younger siblings. And then that. we Sure, the older ones didn't get whatever at a certain point. Your younger one still is. And having to hear them downstairs like screaming out in pain. Mm. That is traumatizing. I got you. We got spanked as kids. And, right. And it's a it's a nurture over nature thing. I will not beat my kids if I have kids. You say beat. Yeah. 
That is what you people said. I know. We use that word. That is, I mean, that is the word that I have for it. Yeah. Yeah. Beat. It wasn't like you sat there and punched us. Like abuse. Mm -mm. You know? But you used the word beat. So when I think about beat your kids. Yeah. I don't think spank your kids. I think beat your kids. I gotcha. You make it sound like horrible. In that same sense. But again, I do not think about you that way now. No. There is a literally middle school on after we moved here. Yeah. You became more of someone that I could trust and talk to. But I was genuinely afraid of both of you for that first half of my life. It's weird, man. I think that this is like the same thing. This kid's dad could just be like thinking in his own world, like, why put the time and effort into this kid again? Think about it in the first half of the movie when he's calling down to his mom and the dad responds yeah. to your brother's room. And then the dad goes to check shirt. Did you find it? He's trying. He's reach. I mean, he's being there like, for his kid in his own way. But in his memories, the kid's memories, he's like, my dad doesn't like me. My dad hates me kind of thing. Yeah. That's how he remembers his dad from that point. Later on in life, when they have more conversations, they're talking things through now, he looks like a happy adult. You know, he had kids of his own who talked to him and liked him. It's an experience thing. Hmm. Hmm. And especially, like, it's interesting to talk to your own siblings about certain things. And, like, having memories and then seeing it from their point of view, that same situation, being like, oh, I remember that too. And it's like, for me, what sucks is, like, and this is not me trying to just be like, like crap all over you. Oh no, it's been like an hour of you crap all over me. Because think about it, like <laughs> you now is not the person I'm talking about in these memories. It's not who you are. Yeah. So when I say you, I don't really mean you. I mean the dad from my childhood. That happens to be who you are. I mean, you're the same person, but you're not the same person. Yeah. You know? So when I think about my childhood, especially, like, Christmases, I can really only think about, like, Christmases. Like, with happy days, with the family, like, and families like that. There's a lot of it that blurs. Hmm. Um, I can think about having fun with childhood friends or being like a couple days at school but i don't have a lot of it you don't remember going to like king's dominion wow i remember sitting in a waiting room i remember sitting in a gray room waiting to go like we were about to go like leave to go and you talking to this lady behind like these giant like four glass windows and we're sitting there in these chairs like brown chairs in a gray floor. That is what I remember. And like walking up and seeing like the monkey. That's it. The monkey? There's a monkey with shades. Ocean Breeze. Oh, that's Ocean Breeze. Oh, Water sorry. Park. Kingdom. I don't know. Kingdom, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember. We did all kinds of stuff. We got. You. I'm going to tell you this. I really hate that what you remember from those times are bad stuff. It really makes me sad. Um, not like it's like all I remember. Well, I mean, it's it just, clearly has a, it is more effect on you. It's more of what I remember. It's too bad that you don't remember the good stuff. I remember some good things. Like the Razor Scooters. Yeah. Whenever I think about that, I think about how 
how happy I was being the only kid who could ride it. Or riding my bike without the training wheels. Yeah, or man. being the only kid who could. You could. And having the, the Razor scooter and be able to zip around. So I was the only kid who could. That was happy. Um, but again, Christmas, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> now everybody's depressed. But it's... It's real. It's real. And it's a real... I mean, like, think of, think of your own kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How many parents can't talk to their kids, you know? Like, at after they hit a certain age, everyone always says, like, I didn't realize, like... Like, as a kid, like, funny enough, as a kid, I didn't realize, well, one, I hate, I, I hated swearing. Everyone always swore. I didn't understand it. That it was disgusting. And I never understood why in films, they always made it so, the kids hated their parents at when they were teenagers. Yeah. I never understood that. I was like, how could you hate this person who takes care of you? You know? And... And, like, at some point, I just understood. And it goes along with the whole, like, needing to say that you love someone. Like, mm. in families and everything. Because it's, like, genuinely, these are strangers. I don't know anything about you until you tell me. Mm. Some kids can go their whole life and you just have, like, I'm your dad. You know, I like certain foods. I'm interested in certain topics. But I don't know anything about your childhood or your experience unless we talk about them. Yeah. People don't do that. And it's crazy. You're saying other people don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I know, because that's what I'm saying. Like, that one, I can remember two times where we sat down and I was, like, genuinely interested. And I was like, I want to know more about what you had growing up. Yeah. Because, oh, God, for the longest time, I thought your parents were horrible people because I, I remembered... All of us going out for, like, when we were young, all of us going out for food. And it was bright outside, and we were in this little restaurant, and I was sitting next to one of them. And you were, you had said something, but your mom started crying, because she felt horrible about the way she treated you and your sisters as kids. Something along the lines, like, you guys were talking about it, and there was something with your childhood where she was crying because she felt bad about being a bad person when you were younger you were something like that sorry i'm crying again because <laughs> oh my god dude this is this episode is just, just depressing i don't mean to cry though yeah but for the longest time growing up because that's what i had as a memory of your parents yeah. i was like these people are horrible <laughs> <laughs> no they're not they I, no. They. No. But I don't remember that. <laughs> it's funny the things you remember. It's funny the things you remember. I. I'm going to tell you this. So, I mean, since we're deep on conversation, I, for a very long time as a kid, did not think I was tough enough or good enough for my dad. That is a true story. Um, he used to tell me story. He used to tell me a story about how a kid used to bully him 
when he was walk home, he was used to mess him up, and finally he turned around and slugged the kid and knocked him out or something like that. I'm gonna, I'm listening, but I'm gonna go yeah. get. Oh, you can get tissues. <laughs> <laughs> so I genuinely thought that about myself for a very long time as a kid. Ugh, snot. Um, and it took getting older and understanding that's not what the purpose of his story was. Does that make sense? It wasn't to make me feel bad. It was to try and help me. Yeah. And I remember that from my childhood. I still remember that. Remember that? And then he had a friend named Pockets because the kid, like, his mom sewed a whole bunch of pockets on his friend's clothes. And he always had stuff in his pockets. So, funny, like you said, the things that you remembered. But, I mean, that that's how I felt. Like, I genuinely did not feel like I was tough enough for my dad. So, for a very long time. I'm, I'm talking into, like, 16 years old, 15, 16 years old, thought I was, I was not. Um, but then, again, as you age... And you start to see points of view and you start to understand why people do things and say things and stuff like that. That you understand that it's not supposed to be a negative. So. <laughs> yeah, well, most things anyways. I guess, like, stories like that, yeah. Um, But, like, what is a shame is um, softball for me will never be a good thing for me and you make that face because you know i'm right it is something that is a huge part of my life was a huge part of my childhood yeah that i hate thinking about that makes me incredibly sad because at that time you we would leave games and you would say things like i wish that kid was my kid i never said that you did how dare you i can it was when we were it was literally the it was that night that it flooded the rain it rained so hard that they were like no we have to cancel and we were driving home and you were like good thing they canceled that game because it wasn't even worthwhile like i can't even believe i wasted my time on that she's the girl from the other team so yeah, while she did i wish that was my kid and that stuck with me for years man it was horrible but you made so many comments like that or how oh god i wasn't scared of the ball until you made me scared of the ball in the, in the sense of you making comments of being like, why are you, why are you like, not, oh god, you, like, you would make it seem like I was scared of the ball. So then I was like, maybe it is going to hit me. Oh, the way that you caught. Yeah. Because you would like duck out. And, um, like, being good at something versus... Trying to force, I, I, okay, I finished a game the other day called Don't Blink. The whole, it, like, there's a little thing that tracks, like, when you blink, and the whole thing is, this guy pulls your soul out of the water, and he's like, tell me about your life, and if it's good enough, you'll, you get to go present your case to this girl, this, the gatekeeper, and she lets you into your little world. And the kid, like, his, he goes, and, like, if you blink, it forces you to go with that, but there's, situ there's situations where you have to keep your eyes open, otherwise you're gonna make the wrong decision and everything. But he goes through and he makes this life, and he was, his mom was a composer, she wrote music, and then he was gifted 
at playing the piano at a very young age. So she was, like, focusing his whole childhood around this because he was good at it. But he also liked to draw. He was pretty good at drawing. Yeah. But the whole first time he goes through and, like, he, he becomes a famous artist. He has this whole little museum for himself. The whole thing was a lie. Goes through again. The whole first half's true. But it turns out that he had... Did, he didn't age past the age of 11. He died. Oh, wow. He had a sickness, and he was stuck in bed, and he died. And... Sorry. Again? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sad. Um, but, like, with softball, that was a big part of something that you and I did together. Yes. And then, instead of it being something that we did together, it made it feel like... Something that you wanted, and that it was like not good enough at anymore. So I don't mean to cry. I'm not crying. You're crying. And, <laughs> and like my friend, she loves softball. She was so sad that this year was her last. But I was like, I was like, man. I would hate to have something like that where you spend all this time on a sport that isn't your life. Yeah. And, like, you get to go through your whole, like, half of middle school, the whole of high school, then you're done. You waste money. You waste time. You're wasting whatever. But she had where she had experiences with these girls and these games that she was just, she loved. I did not have that at any point. Yeah. I had where I really liked the team we were on when I was like 12, uh, not 12, like 7 in Virginia Beach. You were older, but yeah. But I did not like the girls when we moved here. Didn't like any of it. No, you never did. I liked her, and I did it for her in eighth grade, but I got out of that so fast in high school. Yeah. But it was so hard to come home. And express that and be like I and I didn't even tell you I went to die to a mom I was afraid of talking to you about it yeah I went to mom about something she had never wanted like never really been a big part of yeah and I said I need you to tell dad that I can't do this anymore yeah well and again it comes to what you say with putting pressures on your kids and stuff like that it's it's what we hoped would ride you through school and it's what we wanted for you and because you were so good and because you did so well with it i was that's what we wanted for you because we knew financially we weren't going to be able to put you through school so we thought if you had something like this and this was your thing this was your in and that's what we wanted for you so again but hindsight we, being 2020 maybe i didn't handle things the best way what's interesting is that for me, when we moved here, it felt like my skill level went away because instead of playing at where I was with older girls, people who were invested in all of us, I was playing with people who were only invested in their own kids. Yeah. And with kids who were not good. And no. then they slowed everything down and then forced me to, fl- and I could not find back. Yeah. No, you're and right. You know, when it- with the problem, problem with that is that we had a conversation. Um, like one of the last times that I associated with that person from the childhood was this conversation. Um, because like after this, we didn't talk for like three months (laughs) 
because when you and I fight, we have this thing where we just do not talk until one of us are like, yeah, here's just a funny image or something. And, um, but we didn't talk for like three months. And it is because after telling mom, you wanted to have a conversation with me yourself and you would not hear my side of it and wouldn't hear about how I was unhappy. You only saw how you were like, here is your opportunity to go through school. Right. You're missing out. And you said to me, you said, um, that you were not going to be proud of me again. Whatever. No, you didn't. How do I say these things? And. Sorry. Jeez. This is like two hours of therapy. That hurt really bad. It's supposed <laughs> to be funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. And. Like, but then you develop in your child now a complex of needing to be enough and never feeling like you are enough. Yeah. I love to draw because that is something I do for myself, myself alone. I've made a lot of great friends. As drawing, you should. And it is one of the ways that I can express myself through that. <laughs> but it does not feel the same to be well at that as it did like like in showing you and being like yeah here is what I did this is something I created with my own hand it does not feel the same when like you being excited about that as it did you being excited about a sport Really? Yes. And I have to tell myself it's because you don't understand in the same way that I do with it. Because you do not have the skill level like I do with it, like art. No, I have stick figures and they're crooked. <laughs> right. So do you, everything I make is at this level of wow. And and um, with softball at such a young age, being good at that is like, wow, cool. You know, good job. That's crazy that like, you can do this at such a young age and some people can't, you know. I couldn't draw worth crap. I, you know, I didn't do it until, like, a couple years later. Like, I didn't do that until sixth grade, started drawing, because I didn't, you know, whatever. Yeah. But with that, it doesn't feel like that was then. And then I was presented with the opportunity of having the Navy be that being that step to being like, maybe if I do this, it will be the same kind of accomplishment to you in your eyes as this. Even though if you knew me at all and what I wanted with my future, oh God, it's like since fourth grade, I wanted to be a teacher. Right. So to sit and have, because I can remember thinking like literally when it clicked in my brain that this is the option that i had to take to have my parents be proud of me again no was when you presented it to the older one as an option for him to just get his life together yeah um and i was sitting there thinking wow look how disappointed you are in your kid because of how he's turned out 
and I'm still at, like, this was freshman year, and I'm still at a point where I just had this horrible thing happen, where I was like, if I do this too, if I say I want to do this now, maybe, maybe I can have where it was like this again, because I had just had that horrible thing happen, mm. so boom, now I'm in a sense of where I feel like nothing I do is ever going to be good enough. And now I have this other thing that I can work towards, and maybe when I get here, it will be good enough. God, that's not what I wanted at all. And then it like, then it built pressure because you're like, then it just keeps getting brought up in conversation. And you tell friends and family, and right. you tell everyone, my kid's going to go into the Navy. Right. My kid wants to do this. For education. But... <laughs> If you talk to me, and, like, when people just speak, like, when I, okay, when I did the internship at first, before we had had that conversation about me going to college instead, because it took that long, um, when I first started that internship, she asked me where I was going to college, and I said, oh, I got accepted at um, James Madison, because I wanted to go. Oh my god, you're gonna cry again. <laughs> and there's this lady who didn't know me. Why well, I really liked and I liked her. Yeah. Because I didn't want to say, oh, no, this is just a waste of time. Like, I'm sorry for wasting your time because I'm not even gonna become a teacher. I'm going into the Navy, you know? Yeah. I didn't want to say that. Like, I just wanted to, so I told her I got accepted to James Madison. Because I had talked to another teacher, like, once. Because she told me, um, my English teacher, she said, you have the ability, like, the writing ability, to be an English major, major at this fantastic school. Yeah. And she said, to work towards that. And, <laughs> like, the whole time I was, like, just thinking about, like, yeah, it's not even matter. But I told this teacher that I was going, that I got accepted into this other school that I did not get accepted to do. That wasn't even an option. Right. That isn't an option. Um, because I didn't want to say that. And then I realized, like, I realized, like, how just unhappy I was. Yeah. With it. But it's that same level of having to admit I can't live up to this expectation. And that was what was hard. And now I'm in a situation where... I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be doing what I want to do. Yeah. But it's now I have to do it all myself to pay for all that myself with help from the whatever. And it's hard. So we have never made it uh, a hidden thing. That financially, we were not going to be able to send you guys to college. Right. We have always told you guys that. Yes. That has been an honesty from the jump. So we always said, in order for you guys to go to college, you're going to have to have something else that you do in order to get there. And we've always said that. So, being the first thought when you did with softball was the thought with it. The fear that happened when you did not want to do that anymore was, oh my gosh, how is she going to do it? There was no expectation. There was no, I'm disappointed. There was no, any of that with it. There was, 
I don't know what you're going to do to get to college, kid. And then when you said Navy, that's where that sparked up again to say, cool, now I'll know how you're going to get your college. Now I know how you're going to deal with your future and stuff like that. It all comes back to fear of being a parent and your children being able to take care of themselves when you're not here to do so. And that's really what it comes down to. So all of your tears, your emotion, your sadness, and all of stuff like that, you need to know that stems from a good place, from me at least, of saying that I just want the best for you. I just want you to be able to sufficiently take care of yourself when I'm not here to do so. And that's really all it comes down to. So it's not about, would I be proud if you went to Navy? Absolutely. Would I be proud of you if you had played softball and gotten a scholarship on it? Absolutely. Am I proud that you're going to go to college and become a teacher? Absolutely. Because it's self-sufficient. When you speak of the other one, and the disappointment was that that person wanted to be a slug. That person wanted to do nothing. Their future was, I don't know, I want to lay around. That's a different story. So understand that there are two different things. We have high expectations for you because we're proud of you. Because we have what we can see in you, what you are and what you can become. And that's where that comes from. So I'm sorry that it makes you sad or that it makes you cry to think these things. Understand that good intentions, the best laid plans, and the best things come from good intentions. And I get that. And yeah, I can be a crappy person and say stupid little snide remarks to you. And I get that. And I apologize for those as a child. But couldn't be more proud of you as a person. As a person that you have become. And that's, that's sincere. And I'm excited for your future. I'm excited to see what you do. I'm excited that you've decided. I'm scared because I know the cost and what it goes to and everything like that for becoming a teacher and everything like that. That's my fear for you is that I want you to be able to have everything that you want. And that's why I pushed the Navy. That's why I pushed those things because I want you to have the means to do what you want. I don't want to have to say, I'm sorry. I couldn't provide for you as a father. That sucks. Does that make sense? So, I'm sorry. Hey, man. <laughs> you, you either, you either have, you're either funny or you had a good childhood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Trust say, me. The crying thing sucks because that really isn't me sad. I mean, like, I'm not trying to cry. It is literally just stemming from the fact that as a child, that is my reaction to when people talk to me. As a form of authority, when yeah. you're, because that is just what happens. That is not me really sitting here being like, oh, bu, 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 bu. that is just what happens. You know, I, I used to cry it. when I fought. When I was a kid and I would get in fights, I would cry. I wasn't hurt. I wasn't anything. I would cry. That was weird emotion. So... That does not relate to me. <laughs> it does not. Do you still fight people? Do you still cry when you do it? No. I don't I haven't cried in a long time. 
I'm broken. <laughs> I'm a broken person. And chemo and everything like that has wiped away a lot of memory. So, I hold on to the good. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It makes it nice for me. <laughs> I guess it doesn't make it for the person that I've traumatized well, as a child. here's but... a, a fun memory. <laughs> Once. Okay, so I'm, as people know. Oh, God, you scared me. Hey. Um, I, I'm not big on the Bible or anything with that. I don't follow along with it. I just, whatever. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, You're good. No, man. <laughs> um, but because of a lot of experiences with, around it, I just, it was something that was like, really? Um, but... There was a time when you had your little, like, sinus medicine where you yeah. would put it in your nose and you sneeze it. I, being the person I am, was messing around with stuff on your desk. And I had that. And I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I did the cap off of it. And I was like, how does this spray? And I got some of it in my eye. Not that much. Probably just, like, a little bit. Yeah. But it got in my eye. Or it got in my mouth. Something like that. And... I thought it was going to kill me because I flipped it over and I was reading the back and all I could read at the time was like, a keep away from ki kids. Yeah. Like, if, keep out of and the reach like something like poison control. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is it. This is when I die. And I went upstairs and like prayed. Like I, I, I sat down, I was crying and I was like, please, I'm so sorry. I won't mess with things ever again. And I'm so blah, blah, blah. But I prayed. <laughs> and then I fell asleep because I was crying. And, Go and I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> but that is one of, like, that's a, that's a funny memory that resurfaces every now and again. <laughs> I mean, that one, like, anytime I think of, like, scars that I have, like, the, the one from that guy from the cat, because the other kids thought it was a good idea to throw the cat at me when yeah. I was laying down. I think about that. That one cr is so crazy to me because we had the flip phones at the time. I took a picture with it, but the picture didn't have what I saw. Like that scene from Twilight, the first movie when he bites her and it has that silver thing on it. Yeah. It literally had that like silver side of it. And I was like, what is this? I'm going to turn into a cat. <laughs> so. Mm. I don't know. I am who I am based on my experiences yes. throughout life. Yes, we are We are I defined by our experience. Could not talk to you like this if I did not trust you as a person to do so. So in no way, shape, or form is this me sitting here and being like, I don't like you, I can't stand you kind of thing, you know? That. You're not, in my eyes now, you're someone I can talk to and I have, I enjoy doing things with. It is just the results of how you treat other people not you like in general how people treat other people that make people who they are <laughs> it is just life Under yeah just be aware i think that's <laughs> and i mean this i mean this movie <laughs> is a good example of that because <laughs> i mean you think about the end of i mean at the end of this movie, he's not even, he's skipped his whole life. You know, he's a, a, an adult with kids, and he's just writing a book about his experience when he was 12. Yeah. And about these people that he don't, he doesn't even talk to anymore. No. 
It had been years. Yep. And he didn't even know much about some of them. These are people, but those kids might think about think about him. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Very true. I mean, especially with finding the dead body. Yeah. That is something. How do you recover from that? I don't know. Because I don't. I, it's obviously, it's not something that gets brought up into conversation again. I mean, you think about that one movie we did where he did the thing with the um, air, like he could go back in time. And we wrote it down and remembered he could go back to yeah, that. butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. Um, think about that movie. That's literally a perfect example where he could go through and do small things in childhood that completely changes the person later on. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You wish you can go back and change how things were and, and stuff and stupid little things and, you know, wish you could. You just try and make it right now. I mean, that's pretty much all you can do. So, anyway, stand by me. I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, it's fine. God. So the movie opens. <laughs> We're like, what are we here for? I know. Like I'm invading a conversation, but it's. I mean, everything is still. It still pertains it's not, to the movie. Yeah, it's not like I'm sitting here. Two hours. It's not like I'm sitting here being like, here's a bunch of inside things that no one else is going to be able to relate to. No, people should be able to relate. This people are going to be able to sit there and think, hmm, my childhood, my experience, my parents, my kids. Yeah. And hopefully also can see it from my point of view to say imperfect. Right. Things, you know, they happened. And I mean, try and, you know, make it better. Anyway. Stand by me. So the movie opens on writer Gordy Lachance reading in the newspaper that his childhood best friend Chris Chambers has died. Gordy writes a memoir of a child incident when he, Chris, and two buddies journeyed to find the body of a missing boy near the town of Castle Rock, Oregon, during the Labor Day holiday weekend in September 1959. So, 59. I think it means every day things are getting closer. Went faster than a roller coaster. I love that song. I do like that song. Yeah. I have a playlist. That is like songs like uh, pretty much like this entire soundtrack actually was on that playlist. Yeah. Um, but is my zombie apocalypse playlist? Oh, nice. Because it makes me think of because when you're if you think about it, like if everything got wiped out and all you had were like was like you found an old Walkman. Yeah. That is what's on it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's on a record. Record. I mean, like same thing, but like I mean, also when people would write, I mean, that is what people put on. So I think like that is what I would have put on mine, kind of thing at maybe, the, that point in time. Maybe I'll buy you the sign track on an album so you can have it. <laughs> but so twelve-year-old Gordy's parents are too busy grieving the recent death of older brother Danny Denny to pay any attention to Gordy, which is very sad because they literally—it's like a ghost of people for him. Um, Gordy's friends are Chris. Teddy Duchamp, and Vern Tessio. While looking for money that he is buried beneath his parents' porch, Vern overhears his older brother Billy talking with his friend Charlie. Um, and I liked how he was digging up all the holes for his pennies. I would not put that much effort into it. No, I would have given up. 
Recently, Billy and Charlie saw the body of a missing boy named Ray Brower outside of town near train tracks at a river. Billy does not want to report the body because it could draw attention to the fact that he and Charlie recently stole a car. When Vern tells Gordy, Chris, and Teddy, the four boys, hoping to become local heroes, decide to go looking for the body. After Chris steals his father's pistol, he and Gordy run into local hoodlums Ace, Merrill, and Chris's older brother, Eyeball Chambers. Um, Ace threatens Chris with a lit cigarette and steals Gordy's Yankee cap, which was a gift from his Gordy's brother. So he never get that back, did he? No, he did not. That's so sad. No, it's basically kind of just um, in one of the conversations that they had on the DVD that he basically didn't even want it. Um, like, you know how he didn't put it on? He just handed it over to the the friend and stuff like that. Mm. Like, he didn't even want the hat. He just didn't want Gordy to have it. He just wanted to be a, a prick. And he threw it away is basically what it's it's alluded to. So, yeah, jerk. So And sad because it's <laughs> a gift from his brother that he can't get back. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's hard stuff like that when people die. Like, when Michaela died, for a while it didn't really hit me, like, super hard. But we had, um, our last text message is a game that I sent. Yeah. Because it's her turn to play, and it's Kapong. And I can't delete that message. Yeah. But that always gets me, like, it's always, like, one of those things, because it's like, you can't really take that away from me unless my phone gets upgraded or changes, yeah. you know? Um... But a hat, like, because then you didn't have the flashback about the hat. Right. You know? And then it's like, ha, oh, so sucks for you, viewer. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's yeah. not even brought up ever again in the rest of the movie. Nope. The four boys begin the, their journey after stopping at a junkyard for a drink of water. They are caught trespassing by owner Milo Pressman and his dog, Char Chopper. <laughs> the, what did they hear? You remember what they heard? Um, Chopper. Sick balls. Sick balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. all we heard was choppers. I was sick expecting ball. a dog that looked like um Beethoven. Yeah. Um, they escape over a fence, and Milo calls Teddy's mentally ill father a loony because he's he's like, "I'm going to tell all your parents except for the loony," which is really sad. Um, Teddy, enraged, tries to attack him, but is restrained by the other boys. The four continue their hike, and Chris encourages Gordy to fulfill his potential as a writer, despite his father's disapproval. Um, and throughout this, we're getting some really good flashbacks, um, and you know, just to kind of really add depth to the characters, and to show how his parents are, which are distant and not caring. Uh, when they cross a railroad bridge, the boys are nearly killed by an approaching train. Vern, who is farthest behind, has an opportunity to jump off, but panics sets in until he is saved by Gordy. That would be terrifying. Absolutely terrifying to be stuck on that big old train bridge and having a train come and barrel him behind I, why you. Why would... I don't understand why he just decided, like, yeah, I'm just going to lay down. Like, I understand you're in fear. fear, but, like, I would be more scared that I'm, like, okay, we're down, this is happening, dead. Yeah. And yeah, and then the amount like the two boys like watching the train get closer and closer to him. Yeah, it'd be horrible, man. That evening, Gordy tells the fictional story of David Lardass Hogan, an obese boy who is constantly bullied. 
Seeking revenge, Lardaz enters a pie-eating contest and throws up deliberately, inducing mass vomiting among contestants and the audiences, uh, which Gordy dubs a barfarama. Uh, that night, uh, I, 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 that is one of my favorite parts of this movie, is that part. Because talking about where everybody pukes up on everybody and yeah. stuff like that. And then I like that his friend was honest with him to critique him to say... Mm. How does it end? And he's like, I don't know. Maybe he goes home, celebrates, drinks a beer or something like that. Well, it's okay. So what's funny is I didn't know that this was based off a Stephen King novel, but it made me think of Stephen King at this point. And how mom was always talking about how his endings were crap. Yeah. And it was like, is this just a shoot at yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, later that night, Chris confides in Gordy that he hates being associated with his family's reputation. He admits he stole milk money at school. However, he tells Gordy that he later confessed and returned the money to a teacher. Despite this, Chris was suspended, apparently. The teacher spent the money on herself instead of turning it into her superiors. Which is messed up. Still devastated by the teacher's betrayal, um, Chris breaks down and cries. Which, like you were saying earlier, is pretty big for that for that age group to be. To trust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and your friend that much that you're not going to be given crap for. The next day, the boys swim across a swamp and discover it is filled with leeches. <laughs> Gordy faints after finding a leech in his underwear. <laughs> yeah, this is uncomfortable. He's like, oh, man. Oh, Grin. He just comes up. He's got blood on He's just out. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, after more hiking, the boys locate Ray Brower's body. The discovery is traumatic for Gordy, who asks Chris why his brother Denny had to die and claims his father hates him. Chris disagrees, asserting that Gordy's father simply does not know him well. Um, I I do like... great to say. That's a great thing to say on his end. Yeah. His dad just doesn't know him yet. Throughout this part, these parts and stuff like that, we are getting flashes of Ace and his gang going around and everything like that. Um, Which... I, you know, I've kind of skimmed over, you know, they're out there, they're doing the, the baseball, bashing people stuff, just being regular old thug type guys and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he, um, Ace and his gang arrive, announce that they are claiming the body and threaten to beat the four boys if they interfere. When Chris insults Ace and refuses to back down, Ace draws a switchblade to, uh, Basically, menace Chris. Gordy comes to Chris's aid with the gun in hand and fires a shot into the air, then trains the gun on Ace. Ace demands the weapon, but Gordy refuses, calling Ace a cheap dime store hood. (laughs) Ace challenges Gordy by asking whether he plans to shoot the entire gang, and Gordy responds, no, Ace, just you. Yeah, because it would only take one. If you shot shot one of my friends, I'm I'm not messing with any more of you. You know, I'm done. What's going to stop you from shooting me? Yep. You know, I could be next. Yep. Like, clear. I know you don't have enough bullets, but you're going mean, to, you could wipe out a good, good amount of us. Yeah. Ace and his gang retreat, vowing revenge. The four boys agreeing that it would not be right for anyone to get credit for finding the body reported to the authorities anonymous over the phone. Um, and then they walk back to Castle Rock and part ways. And I kind of liked how they did that. How you know he kind of described how each one of them, you know, kind of went off and I stuff like that. I always enjoy that with movies, yeah. Yeah, kind of gave a little bit of a, a future story and stuff like that. 
Back in present day, adult Gordy writes that Teddy and Vern drifted away from him and Chris shortly after entering high school, uh, revealing that Chris later went to college and became a lawyer. When attempting to break up a fight in a restaurant, he was stabbed to death. Despite having not seen Chris for nearly a decade. He got stabbed in the neck. Yeah, and died. Yeah, that was gruesome. Yeah. Yes. Right, because you know, you'd be a slow knowing you're dying. Yeah, you'd suffocate. You're suffocating. I really hate that. You're in pain, you're suffocating. Bad. Despite having not seen Chris for nearly a decade, Gordy types that he will miss him forever. Gordy ends his story with the following words. I never had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone? He takes a moment to ponder that, then cuts off the computer and goes outside to play with his son and his son's friend. And that's how the story ends. Now, I was never sure. Did he turn it off and it didn't save or did he just turn it off to go outside and play? I like to think that he kept the story. And yeah. That he, you know. Yeah. So you can turn off the computer and it doesn't delete everything. Yeah. You don't have well, to like I mean, power cool. it off, power it off. I don't know. So that's I, can, old I, can, I can yeah, that's true. Mm. So <laughs> Maybe did it the old control S. Yeah. <laughs> so your overall thoughts and experience on the film? Well, I think I explained that pretty well. <laughs> I think you've explained it pretty well. <laughs> I really like this movie. Would you recommend it to a friend? I would. Yeah. How many moves? I give it a um, four out of five because it's not, I mean, again, it's not like anything extraordinary. It's a simple story about a boy's experience. Yeah. But it portrays it well. And it I'd, provokes emotion, I think. Yeah, I'd give it a four out of five as well. It's something that if it's on TV, I'll definitely leave it on and watch it. It's a good story. I don't mind watching it again and again. Um, my favorite scene is Lord S. It's, it's probably my favorite scene. Um, just because I like that the kid got his revenge. Being a heavy kid as a kid, I like that this kid that got kind of bullied on got him back. Um, I think mine was the first incident with the train when he stands up there and they're all like, get down, you're trying to kill yourself, and they never get a response from him because it really shows, like, again, with like, you have just a short amount of time to introduce everybody. Yeah. This poor kid had a, ki- a dad who hurt him because he's ex-military yeah and has this bad experience and they didn't treat vets well coming home no treat any of their the trauma that they received over there and to have a kid and then it's hard yeah and that poor kid sits there and he's and that was really showing how he must have felt and being like because i mean like everyone's giving because they were like the, the kid died, the guy that did died, died by train. Train blew him off. Right. He was receiving a lot of attention for that. You know, however, this other kid who's getting zero attention will he get is the attention die for that? the same way? You know. Yeah. So fair parallels. That yeah. was my favorite scene. I like that. Yeah. Favorite character. Um, favorite character is probably Chris. Um, who is the friend, the one in the yeah. white t-shirt and stuff like that. That's I, I liked him. I'm Cordy. Is it? Mm. Nice. Yeah, you can relate to him. Mm. <laughs> I liked the way, I mean, it, because it was a gradual thing, and especially with death and everything, he didn't, I mean, it never showed that he did see his, his, his brother's corpse. You know, he had yeah. a big thing later on where he's like, I need to see the body. I don't know why I need to see the body so bad. He never got to see his brother's body. Yeah. He never got to see why... 
his brother died. What death was like? What what is it? He only saw him lowered to the ground. I mean, that's not that's not closure. Yeah, for a family member, you know. I got you. I need to see that you're really dead to really comprehend that you're gone. The finality of it. Yeah. And this movie definitely wasn't shy with that with the other kid. Like, he was dead, bloody, and the eyes were open and everything. I mean, yeah, that was horrible. So, hmm. I liked Gordy's character. Cool. Cool. You want some trivia? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot. I to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> After director Rob Reiner screened the movie for Stephen King, he noticed that King was visibly shaken and wasn't speaking. He left a room up. And upon his return, told Reiner that this movie was the best ab- adaptation of his work he had ever seen. So out of all the Stephen King movies, this was the, the best one. For, so I thought that was cool. I like that. I do like that. It would be cool for her. Yeah, to hear that. To hear that you did that. Kiefer Sutherland claimed in an interview that in one of the locations of the film, a Renaissance Fair was being held and that the cast and crew attended and bought some cookies. Unfortunately, the cookies turned out to be pot cookies, and two hours later, the crew found Jerry O'Connell crying and high on the cookies somewhere in the park. Oh my god! How did you buy? How did you end up buying that? How did that happen? Yeah, somebody was just selling pot cookies at the Renaissance Fair. That's... <laughs> um, in the campfire scene in which Chris breaks down, Rye Reiner was sure that River Phoenix could do better. He asked him to think of a time in his own life when an adult had let him down and use it in the scene, which River, which Phoenix did. Upset and crying, he had to be comforted by the director afterwards. Um, the result of Phoenix's exercise is the scene that ended up in the final scud. So, that's real. River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Will Wheaton, and Jerry O'Connell got into a lot of mischief in the hotel they were staying in during filming. This includes throwing all the poolside furniture into the pool. Will Wheaton fixed video games in the lobby so they could play them for free. And Phoenix uh, unknowingly covered Kiefer Sutherland's car in mud, only to discover whose car it was when Sutherland confronted him and scared uh, scared the hell out of him, basically. Dang. Yeah. (laughs) In an interview by Stephen King in the special feature section on the DVD, he revealed that the scene with the leeches, which is straight from his novella, Actually, it did happen to him when he was a kid. So, yeah. Corey Feldman has stated several interviews that all the characters he's played, Teddy was actually the closest, closest to his personal, uh, personality and his personal life at the time. So, he actually talked about kind of like what you did, where he was terrified of not doing good enough in the school because if he didn't do it good enough in the school then he would get kicked out of the program the program that would allow him to do acting and that's how he lived as a child i really like him i think he plays he did he plays all his characters very well i think yeah i enjoy when we see him in movies yeah at the insistence of director rob reiner an avid non-smoker who campaigns for non-anti-smoking laws in california all the cigarettes smoked by the boys were made from lettuce leaves. So, um, I always wonder how they do that for kids. Yeah. You know, as a parent, you don't want your kids smoking like that. No. Yeah. yeah. While practicing his lines, Jerry O'Connell was impressed that an 11-year-old um, was able to swear. He was excited that he got to swear. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, in the scene where Gordy and Chris race each other through the junkyard. Oh my gosh. Um, a couple episodes ago, like a while ago, I talked about how I couldn't remember, but there was someone who used their own kid to voice act, to swear and everything. Oh, yeah? It was Ike from South Park. Oh. He uses his little girl to voice act Ike from South Park. Nice. Because the video came up on my page again the other day, and I was like, oh. holy crap, I couldn't remember this for the longest time. Here it is. Nice. So, so Will Wheaton could actually run faster <laughs> than River Phoenix, but Wheaton's character was supposed to lose. So Wheaton had the fake fast run when running slow to Phoenix's character would win. <laughs> I can do that really easily. Yeah. Run slow. <laughs> yeah. According to Andy Lindbergh, a child extra actually threw up for real during the filming of the Bar for Rama. Yeah. The kid was like really Did you sick. notice that everyone was throwing up purple? Like everyone had to be eating pies? And that's the final thing. The vomit used in the Lardass story was made from cottage cheese and blueberry mix. Ew. Yeah. That's why it all looked the same. So, this has been a very long episode. A very revealing episode. Yeah, I get to know the hosts episode, I would say. In a good and bad way. Mostly good. So, do you have anything else other than you're tired? I'm tired. All right, we're going to wrap this up tonight. I'd like to thank everyone for stopping by and listening to our 59th episode. We're almost we, at 60. Huh? 50? So we're almost at 60. I know, it's crazy. Isn't it crazy? Only like nine episodes we did New Guy? Yeah. I know. God. We definitely, definitely appreciate it more than you could imagine. And of course, the best way to say that you love us is to give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can email us at the yesteryearpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter is twitter.com forward slash yesteryearpcast. Instagram's Instagram.com forward slash yesteryearpodcast. Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash yesteryearpodcast. We do have our private group, the Truffle Shufflers. Our secret question is the host names, James and Beth. You can check us out on our website at the yesteryearpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us in a different way, we do have the Patreon, which is Patreon.com forward slash the Nostalgia Group. A shout out, as always, to Greg Revan for his intro and outro music. And we love you, as Beth hates to say. And say goodnight, Beth. Good night, everyone.